Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to the Killstream. I am your host, Ethan Roth, the owner and the editor-in-chief of the RothRetour.com. Also, Killstream.live, where you can get tickets to the big event on April the 2nd. Harrison Smith will be here shortly, uh, and he'll talk about his upcoming debate with Destiny. He's been on this show many times. We're going to do it IRL. It's confirmed. Dallas, April 2nd. Get your tickets now. Killstream.live slash bowl. We're ready to go, ladies and gentlemen. Pat Dixon's going to be there doing a live stand-up. Dick Masterson, my good friend, uh, is going to be there as well. So will Mersh. So will Royce. So will Pat Dixon doing a stand-up routine, a full stand-up routine. So will Alex Stein. So will Patrick Howley. You get the idea. And Pansy's going to be there as well to wed to me. Wed to me? Be wed to me. Uh, in holy matrimony, whatever the fuck. We're getting married. You get the idea. Gamer Aesthetics uh, colored in the logo that uh, Taper made. Uh, give it a little, uh, give it a little spin there. Take a look at that, and then also, um, oh yeah, let's do that. <laughs> Somebody smashed <messed> me. <laughs> let me uh, Night Nation review actually. Let me uh, upload. So I'm also making some graphics for the event. I mean, I'm not making them. I commissioned them because uh, I can't. I don't. I suck at that. But um, I can show you the preview of that, too, starting off the show, getting my promo in. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. Harrison Smith, like I said, is the guest tonight. Uh, he's going to be on about 50 minutes, 10 to 11. Uh, great guy, really cool guy. He's Like I said, he's going to be at this event, too. Uh, and originally it was just going to be him showing up to bowl, which we're also going to do. Um, but now he's going to be debating destiny live and in person, nationalism versus globalism. Uh, so... Yeah, I'm pretty. I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, I still have to do the travel arrangements and set up that for for Destiny and everything. Uh, but he's already agreed to it, uh, and so did Harrison today. You know, I had to double check. Uh, but uh, it's looking pretty good. I'm pretty excited about it. I've never done a live event. Uh, this is going to be a first. So, by the way, here's how the cards are going to look. Uh, I don't know if we might do some kind of poster. Or actually, I know we're doing a full poster. If you remember the Killstream karaoke poster that Taperism designed. Uh, we're going to do a run of those, and we'll probably uh, – what we'll probably do is sell a few. I'll have enough to have at the event and to have enough to sell online probably. Um, so, And we may do some individual like stickers or something. I don't know how we'll do these, but uh, there's Royce's version, and then in the middle where that yellow is, we're going to have a quote or some type of saying or whatever. Um, and so there'll be one for each participant. I think we're going to do a special one for um, – uh, me or not me, but me and Pansy, yeah, me and Pansy get married, and then a special one for um, Harrison versus Destiny. So pretty excited about it. Like I said, I ain't gonna show all show. Uh, I see somebody says ROTC. They don't like ROTC. Well, that's fine. I mean, there's other people there. Hopefully that you do like. Um, I mean, we. I don't like everybody either. It is what it is. I do happen to like uh, Merchant Royce, but I understand why you might not. But uh, I think they've been a little critical of certain people you might like, but that's okay. I mean, I don't know. Uh, I do I do like them, though, so they're going to be there. Uh, I like you. Well, thank you. He says, I like you, Ralph. Well, thank you. I'm going to be there. Uh, some other people, like I said, Harrison Smith. There's other people. It's, it's a wide array of people. I'll give you that. Uh, it's not just one <laughs> segment, really. Uh, we pretty much got everybody uh, involved on this one, so. 
I'm pretty excited about, like I said, I won't belabor the point about how excited I am, uh, but killstream.live slash bowl if you want your tickets. I'm going to do a write-up probably here in a few days uh, once we get Destiny's Travel set and all that um, where we have kind of a... Um, you know, a run through type article of just what all we're going to do there uh, at that event. And uh, I've talked about it a lot, but just something so people can, I can reference people to. Uh, so that's what I'm looking forward to. Jake Shields says Z's over in the YouTube chat. Well, let me help you out, sir. You won't have to worry about that anymore. Uh, go hang yourself from the ceiling. I hope you burn in hell. Uh, all right. Now that's the opening there for killstream.live slash bowl. Our text says ROTC who's joining the military. Well, not me for sure. Uh, there goes the uh, website, killstream.live. All the details are on there right on the front page. Uh, so it's not hard to find whatsoever. Uh, and most of the rundown, I mean, I don't have like each little thing we're doing, but all the people who are going to be there uh, are already listed. So check it out. And enjoy, hopefully. Uh, this week on the Kill Stream, I'll do the rundown again. Beardson tomorrow. On Thursday, we have Wurzel Root. This is not added because I hadn't made the poster yet. We just uh, set it up earlier today. Uh, on Thursday, we have Wurzel Root coming in. I've been starting the show a little bit early. On Thursday, we're going to start it even earlier. It was at 8. And it was at, Well, it was supposed to be at 8.15. It wasn't really until about 9. Uh, but we're going to start at 8 on Thursday for sure because we got Wurzel Root coming in uh, at 8.30. Uh, so definitely be on the lookout for that. Uh, Wurzel Root at 830 and then Ryan Dawson at 10. So we have quite the pack schedule. I might actually move. We'll see how it goes. I might, um, it's really early in Japan. I might try to move him to 11. I don't know. 10 is fine though. I think we'll have, you know, 90 minutes to an hour there, uh, with Wurzel Root. Uh, and so I think that should be, I think that should be good. Then Dawson come in at 10, uh, and we do that as well. And then Friday, Adam Green versus Jay Dyer Groiper, and on Monday, Lord Miles Rutledge. Okay, now that's how you do an opening promo segment. And again, you might get tired of me talking about the event, but you're going to hear a lot about it between now and April 2nd. Constantly hear a lot about it because that's what I have to do. But <laughs> I have to do that. So, um, anyway, more on that. Tickets, killstream.live slash bowl. Now, let's talk about Prince Andrew. Dude casting a shadow over the royal family. The 61-year-old prince will pay his accuser, Virginia Jufre, a reported $10 million and make a substantial donation to her charity in support of victims' rights. In the carefully worded settlement, Andrew does not admit wrongdoing but offers this apology. Prince Andrew has never intended to malign Miss Jufre's character, and he accepts that she has suffered both as an established victim oh, yeah. of abuse and unfair public attacks and commends the bravery of Miss Jufre wow. and other survivors. Absolutely cocked. Holy shit. I said this earlier on the sunrise. I always knew we'd talk about it again tonight. How in the world? Why did he? You know, he's been fighting this bitch tooth and nail for quite some time. It's like, dude, why didn't you just pay the bitch off to start off with? Your whole life is ruined now. Well, I mean... Relatively speaking, not really. He's disgraced, but he's still living just fine. The guy's retarded. Why didn't you just pay her out? The deal was struck just weeks before Prince Andrew was scheduled to be questioned under oath by Virginia Dufresne's high-powered oh, legal team. Boy, that was going to be. That's why they, they said the queen pulled the plug. Uh, I'll show you that in a minute. But. His brother, Prince Charles, and the queen had reportedly been pressuring him to settle. 
He had been stripped of his royal titles and barred from attending any of the events marking the 70th year of the Queen's reign. DailyMail.com female editor Charlie Langston is in London. That is as close to an admission of guilt as you might get. However, there will be some people who look at it and think, at this point, he was likely willing to pay any sum of money possible in order to make this go away. Prince Andrew's statement also mentions his friendship with notorious <laughs> sex trafficker. Maybe you just want to leave that out, Andy. Jeffrey Epstein trafficked countless young girls over many years. Prince Andrew regrets his association with Epstein. Jufre accused bet. Prince Andrew of raping her when she was a minor on Epstein's private island, at his Manhattan mansion, and at okay, the... Okay, yeah, this seems to be some factoids that are hard to get away from here, what she said about him, yeah. By the way, I smoked a cigar earlier. Should I really smoke another one? I don't know. I kind of want to. I'll think about it. Jufre accused Prince Andrew of raping her when she was a minor on Epstein's private island, at his Manhattan mansion, and at the London home of Epstein's former girlfriend, Elaine Maxwell. This motherfucker was like the Carmen Sandiego of rape. What the fuck? This photo was taken. He denies it. <laughs> okay, well, it's clearly him. It's clearly him in the photograph. Like, it's not even, it's not a question at all. Uh, denies it. I bet he denies it. Okay, let's see an insane. By the way, there's an article in the Daily Mirror, London tabloid, which uh, says the queen pulled the plug. I'll read some of that in a minute. We're back now with a major development in the sex abuse scandal that's been rocking the royals. Vince Sells, what's up? By the way, shout out to any... Uh, Vince Refugees, who came in here on Cozy, uh, Vince is going to be a part of the AFPAC movie that I'm making. Uh, I don't know who all I'll be able to rope into it, but uh, I talked about this before. I'll be at AFPAC, of course, the whole weekend. Actually, I'll be there from Thursday until Sunday, uh, and I got a nice resort room, uh, me and my buddies, so I'll have a, I'll have a uh, headquarters there uh, at AFPAC, and I'll be there the whole duration, Thursday through um, Thursday through Sunday, and I'll pr I might even try to go to CPAC one day to fuck around. We'll see. I haven't decided that. Cisco wants to go to CPAC. I don't know if I want to go or not. It's like ninety dollars or something to get in. I forget what it was. Uh, but anyway, I'll be there from Thursday till Friday, and what I'm gonna do is have people. So I'm gonna have my camera, you know, usual selfie stick and all that shit. I'll go around and film some stuff on location too while I'm out and about. But also, I'm going to have the headquarters, and I'm going to have Vince come in, Beardson, some others. Hopefully, Beardson. He's going to be on here tomorrow. I don't see why he wouldn't. Um, I've talked to him, talked to Hake, talked to a lot of other people, um, and they're going to be a part of it. So pretty much anybody you can think of that's been on this show, just imagine that they may be a part of this because I'm going to ask them about it. <laughs> I'm 100% gonna ask him about it so pretty much literally almost everybody you see on that poster has been on this show uh and so i'm gonna try to get them to be involved with this project as well i don't know if i'll get them all involved we you know who who can say for sure because it'll be you know um a hype atmosphere and it'll be a lot of shit going on so we'll see who all can rope in but uh, i think i should uh get a get a good number of them uh roped into it so We'll see, uh, but my idea is to do that, splice the footage together, the interviews at the headquarters, the moments out 
during the conference and out and around town, et cetera, and put that all together into a little, you know, I say documentary. Obviously, it's spliced together. It's not going to be a Hollywood production, uh, but I think it should be pretty, uh, pretty fun uh, once we get done with it. So, anyway, that's what I'm planning. Andrew, hours ago. Will I arrive at APEC? When will you arrive at APEC? I'll be there on Thursday. And actually, tomorrow I'm going to get fitted for my suit, which they said they're going to... I'm getting a custom-made suit. That's the plan, at least. We'll see what they're talking about tomorrow. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm supposed to go get fitted for a suit at, like, 3, 3 to 5. So, um, that's that's what I'm supposed to do tomorrow. I was thinking of something. Oh, I remember what I was going to say now. I'm going to have to start Tequila Sunrise at, like... I have to start it by 10. So if you don't see it on by 10, we won't have one tomorrow. But um, I'm pretty sure I'll get it up by 10 for sure. So uh, check it out. Check it out. Oh, agreed to a Yeah, I want to look good. You know, I've never had a – I usually just buy a suit off the rack, honestly. But so many people, last time I went to IPAC, actually, they are like, you should have got, got a custom-made suit. Da, 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 da. And I was like, yeah, you know what? I probably should have. So there's this shop here in Richmond uh, who does that. Uh, and I'm going to go see them tomorrow. With Jeffrey Epstein accuser Virginia Jufre. Oh, that's to- no, I don't say that. Hebrew GB says I'm too ugly to attend AFAC, so I sponsored a young lad instead. <laughs> that's not. No, I don't say that. Actually, you know what? It doesn't deserve one of those. It deserves that for your one comment, but it deserves one of these for you sponsoring somebody. That was very nice. Let's see. Somebody said, where's all the Jannies in Ralph's YouTube chat? Here goes one. Suck my dick, bitch. To a new court filing. Jufre alleged in her lawsuit that Epstein trafficked her and forced her to have sex with his friends, including Prince Andrew, who is Queen Elizabeth's second son. Oh, we got some refugees from Adam Green, too. Shout out to Adam Green. He's going to be on here on Thursday. So check him out. We got got refugees on Odyssey, too. Good to see good to see you guys. And Adam, I consider him a friend of mine, too. Claimed Andrew knew she was just 17 when he sexually abused her on multiple occasions in different locations. CNN royal correspondent Max Foster is with us now. And also joining us, former Los Angeles criminal prosecutor uh, Lonnie Coombs, who's also... Goofrey kind of let herself go, didn't she? Uh, prosecuted all kinds of crimes, say that, from maybe, murder but... to celebrity stalkers to sex crimes. It's so great to have both of you uh, here. I completely understand, Selenio. I couldn't go last year because my mom... Got, you know, had the head injury and she ended up passing away, unfortunately, which some of you watch know that already. But um, I really wanted to go and I literally had changed plans because I had some stuff the month before that was legal. And I was like, I don't want to involve everybody and all that. Anyway, it got taken care of, I thought, at least at the time. Uh, and so I said, oh, I'm going to go to APAC and didn't get to because of that. I'm really excited to go this year. I had a great time at APAC 1. Uh, really enjoyed meeting everybody. A lot of people that I talked to there, I still talk to now, and didn't didn't know them as well before. Like they just saw just really cool atmosphere. Um, I've always I've always liked uh, what Nick's done uh, as far as that goes. And honestly, the people hating on him can just get fucked at this point. Like it's just it's so it's so dumb to me. Um, not me. I understand. Like I don't don't get fucked. Like you know, I understand if there's a difference of opinion or whatever. But like some of the or you just don't like what somebody's saying or what have you, but some of the ridiculous, like, commentary. Like, I respect somebody more just saying, well, I just don't like that guy, right? Or, like, 
I just don't care for it or whatever. Rather than there's like a you know three thousand word diatribe about how Louis Thoreau is gonna you know dox all of America first and Nick's working hand in hand with the ADL and it's like okay you know what none of the shit you're saying even makes any sense right I would respect more I just don't like Nick right like I don't know whatever Eric Max just about a week ago. You- <laughs> Yeah, um, I see what chat's saying there, too. You were reporting the prince had agreed to sit for a deposition. It looked like this was headed to a trial. What changed? Who knows what the conversations were behind the scenes, but if this had carried on to trial and Prince Andrew had sat down and given a deposition, it would have just uh, brought out more and more embarrassing... Yeah, you noticed that? You know what? Yeah, he did... I said this yesterday. Louis went out of his way to fuck with Pearson. Pearson clearly pissed him the fuck off uh, yeah I'm reading chat too chat's interesting me more than this fucking shit right now anyway I'm about to turn it back on powerchat.live should advertise the funding methods though powerchat.live slash the Ralph retort killstream.live slash tip dollar sign sunset squad over on cash app entropy is also up I don't know if I said that or not all the shit's up basically Harrison Smith will be here in about 40 minutes. I need to send him the link about his life. It would embarrass the royal family. Um, he seemed pretty determined to carry on with it. I think uh, probably the monarchy would prefer that he reach some sort of settlement. Uh, he's got that settlement. Uh, Virginia Giuffre wasn't giving any indication either that she was interested in a settlement. So we'll wait to hear from both sides some more detail about why they agreed to this. Uh, but we're not being given the settlement amount. Uh, Prince Andrew is not accepting any guilt on any of the charges here. 16 million is what they say in the uh, table. The the Jufre has suffered both as an established victim of abuse and as a a result of unfair public attacks. Uh, Now, this is all to do with Prince Andrew's associations with um, Epstein, of course, uh, a convicted pedophile. Oh, you know what? I still haven't listened to that. I know that uh, because I was like, I think I was in the hospital at the time. And now Rand's voice just makes me want to throw up in my mouth, so I didn't listen to him. But I heard Nick absolutely wrecked him. Yeah, that's what I heard. Which doesn't shock me because, uh, you know, Rand's an idiot, so that doesn't really surprise me at all. And then, honestly, like I said earlier, it's Fuentes derangement syndrome uh, at a certain point. So, like, their criticisms just fall apart under any type of scrutiny, especially from Nick himself. Like, if he's sitting there on air, you know what I mean? Like, it's... Honestly, Nick, you know, and you know what? I've never understood this. They're always so salty. I I never really got it, but it's it's a tribalism thing. It's it's ran so in with TRS. I didn't get it until he stabbed me in the back uh, over streaming on Cozy. Like that's that's what made me understand. Guy's a real snake. You know what? I thought this dude was a friend of mine. I'll just be honest. He is a real snake. Uh, and I went out of my way because I was like, this is an old friend of mine, even though he's a piece of shit. I like this guy for a long time. So when we first fell out, I went on and talked to him the day after Christmas. I was I remember sitting out in my car, 4 a.m. It was cold. I really didn't even want to talk to this motherfucker. But I was like, okay, you know what? This is one of my old friends. I should, I should come off of my own. I know I'm right, by the way. But I'm like, okay, I should come off it a little bit just to make things cool. And then what did he do? when I was down and out fucking recovering from my injuries threw in, threw in with all the people trying to, you know, ruin me basically. Um, 
I don't know. I should have. I should have known. I should have seen it coming. Honestly, a lot of groupers told me about it for a long time. Um, you know, it, it is shocking. It's shocking to me the people who have stood by me and the people who haven't. Honestly, uh, shocking, but not fully surprising. I guess if that makes any sense. I've tried to. I've tried to say this before. I agree with this too, Zweebel. He used to be funny, but he got progressively more schizo over America First. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Over the last two or three years, he's just went to like full schizo mode over America first. And it's like, okay, dude, we get it. You don't like, <laughs> you don't like America first, right? I could, which is fine, right? Uh, that's fine. I like him. I always have. I like him more now than I ever have, honestly. Nick and America first. I, I like those guys more than I ever have. Friend of mine. I would consider him a friend of mine too, uh, at this point. Uh, and I consider, you know, the people, many of the people I did consider my friends, uh, plunged one of the daggers in my back uh, when they, when they thought the time was right, and uh, that says a lot more uh, than anything that I could say in this diatribe. Um, and what he goes on to say in this statement, or this is a joint statement, but it speaks much more for Prince Andrew. Prince Andrew regrets his association with Epstein and commends the bravery of Miss Frey and other survivors in standing up. Ban anybody in Cozy Chat not changing their name to a name. I'm tired of this. Don't give them any chances. Say it once, and then if they don't change it, ban them. They know the rules here. It's decorum. It's decorum. That's the culture. It's the cozy culture. I don't want it. I don't want it around. You think you're special, you're not. Change your name or get banned. I don't give a fuck. You know the rules. And if you don't, you know them now. For themselves and others, he pledges to demonstrate his regret for his association with Epstein by supporting the... the yeah, fighters. see, he outed him. He outed him, see? He says, fine, then fuck your gay show, Ralph, see? See? Already knew. Already knew your true feelings, sir. <laughs> I already knew what you were really up to, buddy. Get the fuck out of here and stay gone, bitch. Supporting its victims. Now, all along, Prince Andrew has been accused of massive mishandling of this case, going right back to the BBC interview. Sniffed him out Not big time! enough sympathy for the victims, only defending himself. The case is over. But you have to question whether or not he can come back to any sort of public role because his damage, his reputation is so massively damaged. And Lonnie, we heard the statement and it was very carefully worded there. A settlement is not an admission of guilt, but people wonder if you didn't do it, why pay? Absolutely. And I, I think, as Max said, going to trial in this case would have been a huge disaster for Prince Andrew, because I think, especially in the public eye, they already feel like he has shown um, what shown himself to not be uh, forthright about this. His interview By the way, that's the same idiot who's been coming here for like two or three days in a row being contrarian, which I don't mind, but just like in the chat, like fucking with the. Uh, it's not changing his name. It's like, you know what? Get the fuck out of here. We don't care. Anyway. Was disastrous. And yet just in January, he was demanding that he still be able to go to trial. His attorney said, try to dismiss Ms. Jufre's uh, lawsuit with a motion to dismiss. Which ban was him on denied. site. Get and out Prince of here. Andrew's response was, okay, I'm going to trial. I banned him myself. Jufre's attorney had also Here's some said, user came in and just said test. Ban him on site. That's that idiot. And look. 
I don't think she's going to be satisfied with just a financial settlement because that's not allowing her to make her statement in court, make her case. And this this settlement uh, statement that we're hearing was carefully worded, obviously, by both sides um, uh, to try and satisfy what both sides wanted to have said. And so you have these statements about, uh, I didn't mean to malign her character, which is in stark contrast with what Prince Andrew's attorneys were saying in the motion to dismiss, alleging her essentially as out for a big payday, that she had made more money off of these allegations than most people uh, would dream of having in their lifetime. And now he's saying, not only did I not want to malign her character, but I also uh, applaud her bravery for standing up. It's interesting to see what's said and not said in that statement. He does admit that she was a victim of abuse, but it doesn't mm-hmm. say sexual abuse. And he said that she was a victim of okay well you know what if if that's what his lawyer's trying to spin as the big victory then goddamn they earn their paycheck i can't (laughs) ghost of jeffrey epstein sent three dollars shalom goyim hell of a body swap we pulled off back there david copperfield bergstein wits level trickery and deception watch the nose not the hand anyway chislan and i have been in high for the past year and a half never been happier lahayim Glad you're doing well, Jeff. Epstein under the bus and says, really, all I did was I was associated with him, and that's what I Right. And so already the queen has sort of uh, cast away Prince Andrew from his direct ties to the royal family, although he's still a prince because of his blood, but no more military titles, his access to royal financing uh, gone as well as of last month. This was after a judge here in New York allowed this civil lawsuit to proceed. I know, Max, the palace isn't commenting on this settlement specifically, but uh, given everything that the queen has already done, how she's responded in the past, what does his future look like? What does he do now? It's, it's difficult to imagine, isn't it? He, as you say, he doesn't get public funding anymore, which he's been stripped of his titles. He doesn't represent the queen. He's got a small military pension. He's selling his ski chalet, according to various reports, to pay all so. of this. You wonder where the money from the settlement's going to come from. Can't really imagine the queen wanting to be associated with the case at all by paying for it. Uh, I think the only option really at the moment for him is to, you know, maybe get some support from the Queen, then go out and get a private sector job or borrow some money from the private sector. The one advantage of not having an HRH title is that he is now able to go out and uh, uh, get work from the private sector in the same way that Prince Harry has done. Uh, so he is able to do Well, that, who the fuck's going to really hire him? him taking any- <laughs> Just what is he good for? The fuck? What are you going to hire this guy for? I can't get over that. Oh, he's good to go. He's good to go as far as far as private sector jobs go. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure they're just beating down his door. JP Morgan can't wait to sign him up. Are you fucking kidding me? Any hard to do what? Yeah, I can't. His reputation is so massively damaged. He's focused all his efforts. You know, as we were hearing there, you know, really winning this case. But at the sacrifice of his public relations all the way along that has suffered and it's suffered for so long now to the extent where the Queen, even before he was, you know, um, faced any sort of sentence or was, uh, you know, let off this case, you know, basically threw him out of the working roy- royalty. So, you know, it's hard to imagine how he's going to make a comeback. Max Foster and Lonnie Coombs, I appreciate both he of you. He ain't Thanks making so a comeback. You don't come back. <laughs> Well, unless you're Anthony Weiner, I don't know. But he's got a little advantage that uh, that even royalty doesn't have. So, 
Oh, boy. You mean come back? They're talking like he's like a fucking... <laughs> How's he going to come back? You know what? I don't know. We'll figure it out. Uh... Now, this is another little factoid I saw. Actually, Oliver Bateman, who's been on this show before, he, he hosts Coast That Show with Amy Teresi, What's Left, and uh, Therese, Therese, fuck. Anyway, his Twitter's locked, but I saw him tweet this, and uh, it tripped me the fuck out. What it says is, <laughs> let me reload it, actually. What it says is, Prince Andrew kept a cherished collection of dozens of soft toys in his Buckingham Palace bedroom and would, quote, shout and scream if they were not left in the right place, according to a former palace guard. Former Royal Protection Officer Paul Page described the teddy bears that he saw in the palace in the six years that he worked in the palace, starting when Andrew was 38 years old. It had about 50 or 60 stuffed toys positioned on the bed. This is at, well, anywhere from 38 to 44 for Prince Andrew. That's not normal. Wally sent $3. One of best friends and fellow night owls passed away a few years back and Killstream has been my entertainment oh, wow. getting me through the nights ever since. Loyalty over all the haters and I want to see more fellow dads succeed. Thank you, man. That's very kind of you to say. I'm sorry to hear about your friend 100%. I know how, uh, you know, an untimely death can f fuck up your whole life, basically. Um, so... I definitely sympathize with that, and I'm glad that uh, that our show could help uh, provide you a little a little entertainment and camaraderie as we go for salutes for your friend. I see you over in the cozy chat for sure. And then uh, I was going to paste that too. I'll do that in a sec. But yeah, you know, I get messages like that sometimes. That's honestly probably one of the best parts of the gig uh, is when I get messages like that, like you know, like heartfelt shit. Uh, okay. Where is this? Is there something? So those were the two. What is this? Oh, yeah. I did want to watch some of this uh, before uh, Harrison gets here. Uh, then we're going to talk with him about all this. You know what? I haven't checked in on the Canada truckers, actually. I don't think we talked about. Um, we didn't talk about them that much earlier today, necessarily, either. I don't think. We talked about them a lot last night. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. Is there any news, though? Ottawa police chief resigns. <laughs> okay. And Prime Minister Justin Trudeau in Canada invoking his emergency powers. Protesters at two border crossings now planning to leave. Let's bring in Bloomberg's Brian Platt, who has been covering the developments across Canada from the nation's capital in Ottawa, where the city's police chief resigning today after his approach to the protests drew much criticism. So, Brian, let's start there. What can you tell us? I mean, the police chief has failed from the beginning to, well, first to stop the convoy from, from digging in in the city, in the capital city, and then from being able to uh, uh, keep it contained or crack down on it. He's largely taken a strategy of trying to wait the protesters out and negotiate with them rather than taking any kind of aggressive move of making arrests or, or clearing out the streets. And people lost patience with it. And so now I think he has resigned today, and I think we're going to start to see a more aggressive police response. I don't know exactly what that means yet, but I think uh, things are going to change. 
Um, well, things Black certainly are going to change if, uh, the truckers for doing out. the show, Ralph. Gets me through hard times, too. More specifically, this fat shit I'm taking right now, thanks to Taco Bell. Much appreciated. Thank you, sir. Are they on their way? Are those big rigs rolling off the bridges and opening up supply chains? Well, so it depends on what you're talking about. The, the, the bridge that everybody was most concerned about, the Ambassador Bridge between Detroit and Windsor, uh, was cleared on, was reopened on Sunday and has stayed clear. So police seem to have done a good job there. The one in Alberta, uh, between Alberta and Montana, I believe that's, that's flowing or may flow again today. But there's still other border crossings that are blocked or th under threat. And there's no sign of the capital city, uh, truckers leaving the capital city anytime soon. And Brian, you and I were talking earlier today as part of that emergency powers move by the prime minister. You talked about some of the moves to essentially get in the way of funding sources. So there is this banking connection to this story. Can you just explain that to our audience? So, it, I mean, it's kind of interesting in that uh, the police at least in the capital city of Ottawa, are uh, concerned that they can't get the truckers out by force, by going in and arresting or towing. And so the strategy that, they're, that the federal government is now leading is to go after the money, uh, to freeze the accounts of anybody involved in the, either directly involved but being here with the truck or supporting uh, somehow. So you could have your personal bank account frozen. If you're a company whose truck is being used in a blockade, your corporate account uh, could be frozen and your vehicle insurance will be suspended. So they're really trying to put the financial screws to the truckers to get them to leave on their own. Uh, not just the truckers, but anybody participating in the blockade. So the hope is that by doing that, you don't have to have the riot cops come in and in a situation that could get really messy. Another reminder as to why cash is king. Brian, um what is the COVID situation like? Because this is what it all comes down to, right? They uh, are angry about, at least initially, they were angry about having right. vaccines. Um, but is it even necessary anymore? What's the COVID situation like in Ottawa and, and, and throughout Canada? It, the numbers are dropping everywhere. Problem, most provinces have now laid out a plan for removing not all restrictions, but a lot of the restrictions. Ontario just today, the biggest province where Ottawa is, uh, just today said a lot of restrictions will be gone in March. So and I think all of that was going to happen anyway. It's possible these protests have sped up the process, of course. But you know, the so. federal government... Um, uh, I think, if anything, is going to be very re reticent to roll things back quickly because they don't want to see be seen as, ca as um, capitulating. Not yet, Tucker. They are slowly moving things back. They made a uh, remove some of the border testing requirements. All right, these guys suck. Let's hear some of this. We played a clip from this earlier. And compete. By the way, this copy is the only one I can find because the BBC, I guess, is striking shit down. Trading open, but you've kept mostly silent until now. Why have you agreed to this interview? Um, the reason why I was silent up to now is because I wanted to... Um, Harrison Smith here in a bit. Colleagues, uh, Wooza, what's tennis, up, baby? Australian Open, and obviously prior to that, the legal processes that, uh, that I was part of. And uh, also I wanted to... Hope to see you in Orlando. I know you're going to be there. There's no way you're not going to be there. Take some time to reflect on everything that has happened because there was a lot of emotions. Do you feel that you've been misunderstood or misrepresented in recent weeks? I feel there was a lot of wrong conclusions and, um, you know, I was really sad and disappointed with uh, the way it all ended for me in Australia. And um, 
you know, it wasn't easy also uh, following um, the media and everything that was written about me in the previous four or five weeks. Also, Nadal got the Grand Slam, too, instead of him. He would have kicked Nadal's ass. So I'm happy that, uh, you know, at least I get a chance today to, to speak to you and to tell you my part of the story. To the ordinary Australian listening to you now, who has endured immense sacrifices and restrictions on their liberty over the past couple of years, but who looks at you and says, based on what they see in the news, ah, thank this you, guy thinks he's Much respect, man. above the law. He thinks that he doesn't have to abide by the same rules as everyone else. Australia has, has been through one of the most severe lockdowns. Yeah, Nadal is a huge fucking loser now. So I can only imagine He was like the main one. By the way, for those who don't know, Rafael Nadal, the Spanish uh, tennis legend, basically him, Federer, and Djokovic, <laughs> kind of the three greatest men's tennis players ever, definitely of our generation. And so they're competing to who ends up with the most grand slams, like the all-time record. Uh, and so him missing every, each grand slam he misses – is like a big deal because of that reason. How it was for Australians and I. And Nadal was sitting there crying like his panties were in a bunch. The whole Aussie Open about this. Sympathize, empathize with all the people, and I understand that there there has been a lots of uh, say frustrations from Australian people towards me and towards the entire uh, situation and the way it was dealt with. And uh, I understand it as well. Reading the newspapers, you get certain conclusions, and so. I want to tell them that I, <laughs> I always follow the rules. So when the Australian Prime Minister Scott Morrison says there should be no special rules for Novak Djokovic, you agree with him? Uh, I agree that there shouldn't be any special rules. I never used my privileged status to uh, get into Australia by force or do anything in this entire process. So I was treated as uh, anybody else. And uh, when there was a possibility uh, for a medical exemption, I, I, was, uh, I was using that and I, I applied and, uh, and I uh, uh, put forward my PCR test, my uh, sufficient amount of antibodies that I had at the time. And uh, I got uh, accepted uh, and approved by two independent Australian medical panels anonymously I think it's important to mention and there was my name was not on the application uh, neither did anyone else who applied for medical exemption no vax let's a, go above above 20 or 25 medical exemptions he is a king dude honestly him and Kyrie all these motherfuckers Kyrie Kyrie's back playing now you see um, but to me, these guys are legends. Like, they didn't have to do this. I saw somebody in the cozy chat say, oh, he could have just paid somebody and done this or that. I mean, yeah, you're right. And honestly, maybe that would have been smarter for him, but um, like he could have just got somebody to say he took the vax or whatever, especially some country like Serbia, which is where he's from. Like, I mean, you think some Serbian doctor wouldn't fucking lie for this guy? Of course he would. This guy's, this guy's literally... Like the most famous natural national hero in his whole entire country, he's like a hero. Uh, like you, I guess we used to have him here, but the country's so split and everything. He's a legit hero walking around. Reviewed and accepted. So you conducted a PCR test. Yeah, biggest star in Serbia. Period. Yeah, yeah. Serbia on December the sixteenth, two days after attending a basketball match where COVID was circulating. Court documents indicate that the institute... Yeah, it's hard to overstate. I see people in chat reiterating the point. It really is hard to overstate how big a star this guy is in his country.
could easily be president of Serbia, maybe will be one day. Serbia said the result came back positive seven hours later, around 8 p.m. He's political, too. But you weren't told of that PCR result on that day, were you? You were told only later the next day. Yes, that's correct. You did a rapid antigen or lateral flow test the following morning, December the 17th, before attending an awards presentation with children here in Belgrade. Uh, that result on that lateral flow test was negative. So, to be clear, you did not know that you had COVID-19 when, unmasked, you met those children. That is correct. Oh, not the kids. You then received your positive PCR result, i.e. indicating that you did have COVID-19, later that day, December the 17th. Did you, or more likely your team, make any efforts to notify the families of those children, those people present at the award ceremony, that they had been in close company yes. with someone you did? What sort of efforts did you yes, make? Yes, we, we contacted them. We did advise them that, you know, I've uh, received my PCR test and it was positive. Because as you know, that picture of you, which circulated online with young players, when you had COVID, but you say you weren't aware, it caused huge anger around the world. It seemed like almost a provocation to lots and lots of people. What would you say to those people who argue that it was deeply irresponsible to attend that event before you'd had your PCR test result? I would say that I understand. I really do. I, I understand when they, in the context of everything that was happening in Australia, see the photo of me unmasked with children when the Institute of Public Health uh, sent I'll the see if I can PCR find that single quote from earlier, too, just in case we don't get through the, all this before the, that, that Harrison gets here. I must say that also I was asymptomatic, so I felt, I felt fine. You know, I took the rapid antigen test that morning. As you mentioned, it was negative. Um, I wanted to be there for the children. I know how much it means to them. You know, for me to give them an award and they worked hard for that. That's all I can say, really. I mean, I saw my PCR positive test only a few hours after that. But you wish you were. You know what? I saw somebody in chat say, I'm never getting tested. I never got tested until I went to Portugal and I had to get tested in order to go over there. But I had never been tested. People were talking to me like, I should know how it goes and stuff. I was like, I never had one of these fucking tests, dude. Thank God I'm a streamer. I never had to fuck around with this the whole time. Literally, I just fucking ignored it. Like, Look, I did not see the PCR test before that. If I have seen it, I wouldn't, of course. But uh, I understand why people are angry, because when they see something like that, uh, it, it doesn't make them feel comfortable. Did you know that you had COVID-19 when the next day, December the 18th, you conducted an interview and a photo shoot with L'Equipe magazine at your tennis center here in Belgrade? Yes, and that was a poor judgment of error that uh, I wish I can... Uh, bring back the time and, uh, and, and not have done it. What was your thinking? Why did you go ahead with that when you knew you had COVID? Well, several reasons. First, because I respect Lekeep as one of the, the best sports um, paper in, in the world. Frank, the journalist, was some, somebody that I've known for many, many years and always had a great relationship with him. And we already have organized uh, that meeting for quite some time. And I didn't want to let him down. Um, should I have been more cautious? Should I have advised him? Uh, absolutely. I, I, I wish I can take it back. It was my mistake. My mistake. I own it and I stand behind it. And I'm really sorry. He's starting to get frustrated in the last sentence. This is like me in that story I told the, about the Portuguese hospitals. Like, yeah, you're like, okay. I apologize a couple of times. I, will you just shut the fuck up? I wouldn't have won, obviously, if I knew I was positive. That's what you Do you remember when you were first made aware that a recent COVID infection, which creates antibodies, would gain you a medical exemption from Australia? 
I am not uh, exactly sure of the date. Uh, but I remember it was uh, probably the second week of December uh, that we received that circular email where it came to our attention that if you had a previous or recent, sorry, a COVID infection, that you'll be eligible to apply. And one of the main arguments of your critics is that it's awfully convenient that you got this COVID infection in mid-December because that's the only way you got to play at the Australian Open. What would you say to those critics? I would say that uh, I take COVID very, very seriously as really anybody else. And I, I assure you that I was taking PCR tests as anybody else. I did not, never used my privileged status in this country or any other country. And I was tested hundreds and hundreds of times since the beginning of pandemic. So we got 5.30 on YouTube and Cozy, and then we got, I don't know how many we have on Odyssey, because as I said the other day, uh, idiots have come over here and decided to, on their own, bought the stream just by opening like 100 tabs a piece, or I don't even know, maybe they're opening them all on their own PC. I really don't know what they're trying to prove with that, um, but we're dealing with very retarded people, uh, and so... Again, I even talked to Odyssey about this yesterday. I was like, yeah, they're just coming in and opening up a, you know, a bazillion tabs. Is there anything you can do about that? And they said, no. <laughs> uh, so, again, the count on Odyssey doesn't even really matter. Uh, but there's at least, I don't know, two or 300 people there. So, creeping up to 1K. I don't know why they do that. Just to maybe, like, poison the Odyssey count. It doesn't really make any sense to me. Uh, but, again... We're dealing with people. We talked about Fuentes derangement syndrome. There is a definite Ralph derangement syndrome for sure. Um, and it's sad, but it is what it is. No, it's not Odyssey doing it. You know, what's funny is they messaged me last night, Tom, and was like, oh, yeah, I saw this influx. And I was like, yeah, it's idiots. Can you just fucking, can you stop that? Or he's like, well, we don't have an IP ban thing or IP thing where it will, like, Stop that from counting or something. I forget what he said. Uh, and I was like, okay, well. Anyway, it's just really strange. I don't know. It's, it's really weird anyway, but that's what they're doing. I, they want to try to say that I'm doing it, which I'm not, and I never have. I'm much too cheap to hire any bots anyway. That's money out of my smoking budget. So, um, again, I don't, I don't know. It's really strange. Really strange and weird womanly behavior. Because that was required in order to travel and in order to you know yeah they really do need that sweet well i agree but you know i understand that they, and i don't know if this is an ip ban but it's like um because i think they can maybe ban by ip i'm not sure but uh, it's like an ip like it bans it from counting in the count right um which i think every other site pretty much has i don't know why they don't have it if it has something to do with the blockchain it's really weird a lot of criticism and I understand that that people come out with different theories on how lucky I was or how convenient it is but you know no one is lucky and really convenient of getting COVID I really don't like someone thinking I've misused something or in my own favor in order to you know get a positive PCR test eventually go to Australia I had COVID twice the second time was asymptomatic the first time was about year year and a half ago and i had symptoms and it wasn't it wasn't easy you know so I do you worry through. that do you worry that people have got the impression looking at what happened in australia you said odyssey's at, buffering a little bit yeah well they've also tried to ddos my streams over there and a bunch of other shit too so 
Again, uh, occupational hazard. Uh, they're definitely doing everything they can to try to show us A dull wolf sent $3. Fuck Australia. Glass that prison colony. Inhalo, of course. Also, I had COVID and the first two days sucked. The following week, I felt fine but coughed up a lot of mucus randomly. Also, Serbia is based. Serbia is very based. You're correct on that. What happened here, looking at some of the reporting around this issue, thinking about that tournament you organized, the Adria tournament, which, you know, became a super spreader event. Lots of people were pictured unmasked. There wasn't social distancing respected. People look at all... Also, if you're talking about the ridiculous um, botting that they're trying to do for some reason, I don't know why. I'm just going to assume that you're in on it, and I'm probably going to ban you uh, from the chat because that's usually a telltale sign, so... If you like counting down numbers, ultimate truth, you're you're on the chopping block, sir. I just want to let you know. So there's no confusion. Stuff and they say about the thing about Novak Djokovic is he doesn't take COVID seriously. What do you say to them? There is there is false conclusion. I do take COVID very seriously. And going back to the Adria tour, uh, we respected every single uh, protocol, rule, and policy that was put in place in Serbia at that moment. So at that moment, there was no mask required. We could host an event. And I understand that looking from a perspective of a different country that had a very strict protocols that it, didn't look, it did not look good. Um, but every country has been dealing with COVID. Somebody slightly. said, do I watch YouTube? Yes, I do. If you mean watch the YouTube chat, yes. Differently. Not every second. Your agent wrongly said that you had not been anywhere other than Serbia before traveling to Australia. In fact, you had been to Spain. Can you see why a lot of people, unaware of the detail of this saga, again get the impression that you or your team were willing to play fast and loose with the rules? I understand why people think that uh, <laughs> when you chronologically take all these things in, in consideration, feel like I have cheated or I've done something that that is not right. Um, but I always did the right thing. It was a human error made from one of the members of my team and that has not influenced my deportation from Australia. Have you received any vaccination? Harris to Smith in about eight minutes. I have not. Why? I understand that uh, and support fully uh, the freedom to choose you know, whether you want to get vaccinated or not. And uh, I have not... Why haven't you taken it, Novax? Uh, ...spoken about this before, and I have not disclosed my medical... No, this interview is not October 21st. This interview is after... How could it be October 21st, dude? He's talking about shit that happened a couple weeks ago. Unless he's a fucking time traveler, I don't think it's from the October 21st. Record and uh, my vaccination status because uh, I, I had the right to keep that private and discreet. But as I see, there's a lot of uh, wrong conclusions and assumptions out there. I think it's important to speak up about that and, and, and justify certain things, right? So I, I was never... Oh, against... you mean he's acting like it with the talking points. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's true. Uh, uh, vaccination. I understand that globally everyone is trying to put a big effort into handling this virus and, and seeing a, hopefully a, a, an end soon to this virus. And vaccination is probably the biggest effort that was made. Probably half of the planet was, was vaccinated. And I fully respect that. But I've always... But I'm uh, not taking it. ...represented... I respect it, sure. I just don't... 
I just don't, uh, I'm just not gonna take it. And always supported uh, the freedom to choose what you put into your body. And for me, that is essential. It's really the principle of, of understanding what is right and what is wrong for you. And me as an elite professional athlete, I've always carefully- He doesn't wanna drop dead with a fucking heart attack. I don't blame him. Assessed everything that comes in from the supplements, food, the water that I drink or sports drinks, anything really that comes into my body as a fuel uh, that can uh, that I can benefit from. So uh, I take that very seriously. There's a process of precise decision making. Uh, you know, uh, it has been like that for the last 20 years and that allowed me to endure this much. So uh, based on all the informations that I got, uh, I, I decided not to take the vaccine uh, as of today. I just don't have enough clarity of how the COVID vaccine will affect me and whether it's going to, you know, create a certain uh, effect on my, on my game and I wouldn't have the benefits that I would normally have. So I just don't feel at the moment. Right. By the way, this is completely, this is not some rabid, insane answer that he's given here. He's not even like really slamming people who want to take the vax at all. He's just like, look, I'm a fucking elite athlete. These are the things, they're the same decisions I made for 20 years, and you love it. Wolf sent $3, big Serbia respecter. Verbotov and Vidic. You remember that 08 team, Ralph? Vidic once said he'd rather break his nose than not throw his himself into a challenge. A broken nose can heal, but not your own self-respect, not trying your all. That's 100% true, and I remember him yeah, from Football Manager too, but... um. Again, this is, the, this is the same decision process he's made his whole career. He's had his whole career. He's very meticulous. I mean, God, you don't survive being a 20-year fucking top level, top of the game, too, athlete. It's not just he's a journeyman tennis player. This guy's an elite guy. And he's like, honest, don't think, you know, it's not worth the risk for me. For me to, to have. See, that's so interesting because the World Health Organization position is that the vaccine is effective across all age groups. You're not saying that you doubt that it's effective ah, against COVID-19. You're saying that you just don't know the full range of the effects it will have inside your body. And until you have more information, you're not going to have that vaccine. That's exactly what it is. We are all trying to find... By the way, Ultimate Truth said he was, he was cool. He came from Amsterdam. That's fine. I was just fucking with you anyway. But I do think that sometimes when I start seeing countdowns and shit, it's like, okay, this guy must be... Must be uh, but thank you. I don't know. It's a bizarre, sort of a bizarre strategy. But uh, let me let Harrison in because he's here. Okay, he can hear me. I'll go ahead and mute this for a second while I get uh, get him set up on the screen, but he should be able to hear me now. I don't know why the guest panel is not coming up right. There we go. Uh, and then I'll also switch it over here. Oh, boom. Okay. Now, let's see if I can unmute him. Oh, wait, he joined and then left. I think he's getting he's getting things set up. Okay, we'll play this again for a minute. Uh, a best possible solution to end COVID. I'm part of the a sport, a very global sport, that is played every single week in a different location. So, you know, I understand the consequences of my decision. And one of the consequences of my decision was not going to Australia, and I was prepared oh, what's up, not to go. There he goes. He's on screen. Okay, now let me let me unmute this here. Harrison, what's up, man? Hey, how's it going? Pretty good, dude. How you been? 
Yeah, but good, good. How are you? Pretty good, sir. Pretty good. Now, for those of you who don't know, you've been on the show many times, but just in case sometimes we have a new listener or somebody stumbles on the podcast or whatever, who are you and what do you do? My name is Harrison Smith. I'm the host of the American Journal, the InfoWars Morning Show, every day, band.video, 8 to 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. That's who I am. There we go, sir. Now, uh, we have a lot to ask you about. First off, you're going to be part of the event uh, in Dallas, Texas, on April 2nd, uh, the Killstream Kingpin Invitational. Uh, now, you're already going to be a part of it as a bowler, um, but now yeah. the plan is uh, to have you debate, and both men have agreed. But, you know, until it's uh, the flight is booked with Destiny and everything, I'll, I'll still put it at that. The plan is uh, for you two to debate uh, nationalism versus globalism, and it's uh, pretty much set, uh, figuring out some of the final details there. Uh, what do you think about the event? What do you think about Destiny? Uh, and, again, I'll be the moderator, so I won't take a people. Obviously, I have my own thoughts on it if you've watched the show. Uh, but um, national, nationalism versus globalism, what do, you, what do you say about that and Destiny and the event and everything else? Uh, yeah, well, I'm very excited. I uh, actually went bowling on uh, Saturday, get, get a little practice in. I was I was terrible. I was worse than I could possibly remember. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be training. I'm going to win bowling, and then I'm going to win the debate easily. It's going to no. be so – no. I'm scared, man. I'm, I'm scared of the debate. I'm frightened. Uh, you know, what if he convinces me? You know, uh, What if he sure. convinces me to abandon national sovereignty to be ruled by a bunch of uh, scumbag billionaires? It's, uh, it's a real danger going into one of these things. So I got to be uh, – Got to be ready to resist the urge to uh, live in a box and eat bugs. Uh, it's really, it's going to be tough. It's going to be a hard one. It's going to be difficult. <laughs> He's going to talk so fast, it's going to bamboozle me. That's, uh, I think, the biggest threat I'm going to face from this uh, particular thing. Uh, no, I, ha- I honestly have not watched a Destiny debate in quite a while. So uh, that's what I'll be doing for the next uh, month and a half. I'm going to be bowling with the with the earbuds in, <laughs> listening to Destiny, studying my enemy, and... Uh, and really getting ready for it. All right, I'm very excited about. It. Obviously, I've never hosted an IRL event. We've done a, almost a thousand of these shows. Actually, to, I didn't say this because I didn't. I've had so much going on. I haven't been able to book like a special thousandth episode. But tomorrow Ooh. actually is the the thousandth episode uh, wow, of the Killstream. And uh, funny thing is, Beerton's going to be on that show. And uh, those of you know, I had a little run-in with the law a while, long time ago. I had to go away uh, for for eight months. And on that show that I came back out on, it was February the second, twenty eighteen, right before the kill stream kind of got uh, its notoriety. Uh, and Beardson was the first guest actually uh, back out of the joint. Uh, so he will be the guest tomorrow night. And Wurzel Root before that uh, nice. on the thousandth episode. Of the kill stream, so For full circle, man. That's a that's an achievement, man. That's a that's a lot of that's a damn that's a damn fine record, son. That's a that is a huge amount of shows well, to have done. Thank you for saying that. And again, I was hyping it up a few weeks ago before the Portugal trip, and that kind of fucked up my timeline. And then I have a bunch of stuff planned, and we have a lot of guests and stuff, but it's not just all in that one night. So I kind of um, de-emphasized it a little bit. But tomorrow, yes, will be uh, the one thousandth episode. So. Tune in for that. Maybe we'll try to do something special. I don't know if I can throw something together uh, for the thousand. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll look at all the people I hate now. <laughs> you should have them come on. You should have them on as guests. That'd be, that'd be really fun. The, the 1,000 enemies of Ethan Ralph. That'd be a, <laughs> spectacular. 
Oh, shit. Actually, that's an idea. I don't know. We'll see if we're game for it tomorrow. But uh, all right. Now you've got to monetize your enemies. That's the key. That's right. Monetize the hate. I I agree with you. I'm trying. Uh, Now. <laughs> now let me let me ask you about what's going on up in, we have several topics again uh we got you about for for an hour here tonight of course you got to get up early uh to put your work in in the morning but so let me ask you about uh the canadian situation with the truckers and, and all that the basically martial law declared up there yesterday selective martial law excuse me uh targeted uh targeted emergency power geographically targeted or whatever um what do you yeah. think about this? We haven't had you on during this whole period, so. Yeah, you know, I think these truckers just shut them down. I think you should take their. I think you should. I think you should kill them. I think you should take their babies and throw them off a cliff. No, it's it's insane. I mean, the, the trucker convoy is one of the craziest events I can I can remember in my lifetime. I mean, it's gotten to the point where they've thrown so much at the trucker convoy and it just hasn't worked. Like all of the lies have been exposed. They just they've just been going through the rolodex, right? Just like they're racist. No, nothing. All right, they're Nazis. No, still nothing. All right, they're violent. Are they? Violent? No, okay, they're not. All right, they're this, right? And uh, they've finally landed on the truckers are preventing you from going to work. They're preventing you from from moving around the city. And it's just this it's this circle of irony that the people who have locked down Canada for two years are blaming the trucks for locking down the city. And uh, yeah, Trudeau basically fucking crossed the Rubicon here. He uh, threw the gauntlet down, but it doesn't seem like anybody's going with him. I just was watching a few clips. I didn't get to watch much of it, but I guess he had like a question time thing and nobody was with him. I mean, nobody was in favor of this. There's like a couple people, right? There's this, there's this little gremlin behind him uh, oh. that is all, all for what's going on. But other than that, like all the premiers are said they want nothing to do with it. The craziest thing is that nobody has condemned this. Nope. The, President Biden hadn't condemned that. I mean, obviously not, right? But you would think that uh, there'd be some some condemnation, some warnings from you know our fellow countries in Western civilization saying maybe this isn't a great idea. But it's, it's par for the course, man. They, they're not they're not going to give up to this, or it shatters their entire. Well, this is a globalist scheme, man. This is a drastic move. First off, we had Arthur Pulaski's son on here last night, uh, and of course, we've had him on here many times. Um, Mm -hmm. He's in jail now uh, because he went up there and talked to these truckers. They told him he could, Uh, and then when he was (laughs) went back to his house, they they raided his house basically, drug him out, put him in jail. Uh, But one of the things he's always talked about, yeah, he's got some fiery rhetoric for sure, but uh, he's always been very explicit. No. No violence, uh, civil disobedience. That's He's all we're a doing. pastor. He runs a church. Right. He's been arrested for running a church. Like, it's wild. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, and everything the truckers have done have been, you know, it's been nonviolent, right? There, right there's yeah. been no it's, violence. It's like glory to the truckers, man. They've done everything so exactly right. And that's why everything has failed, right? It's because they're just, they literally are having a carnival. They're setting up bouncy houses in, you know, cotton candy stands and uh, calling these people racist, violent Nazis. It doesn't really work when they're holding hands and skipping around in a circle, singing songs. Like it's, it's, it's crazy. Well, it's uh, like a commune yeah. atmosphere. I mean, you know what I mean? Like they're, they're making food and giving it away for free and there's no, I mean, I've seen them yell at some reporters or whatever who were trying to bait them, but like nobody's gotten hurt there. It's definitely a a, a far, a long throw from a BLM uh, get together. Oh uh, you know what I mean? Uh, and I don't yeah. know about. I think they even destroyed some shit up there in Canada too, right? Like, um, 
uh, yeah, I was covering it today on the show. There, exactly two years ago, it was like February seventeenth, twenty twenty. The n- native Canadian people were like derailing trains and lighting trains on fire, like causing crashes, and and uh, it was a bl- it was blockades, something very similar to what's going on here. And just reading trust Justin Trudeau's statement from that, where he's just like, most of all, we must have understanding between us and we're working very closely with the leaders the indigenous leaders to understand their demands and their demands are just like we don't want canadian authority on our land anymore and we don't want the rcmp to have jurisdiction over us like they basically separatists like which is a pretty crazy pretty crazy demand right these truckers are just like will you just let us work just stop the mandates like they're they're Goal is so explicit and simple and achievable, and their means are so peaceful and you know unassailable. It's it's brilliant. It's really, really brilliant. What's going on? That's a pretty wild demand, Harris. Uh, you know what? We don't want to be subject to the laws of the nation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little bit crazy. And just Trudeau's like, okay, well, we understand. Let's work on that. And they're just like lighting trains on fire and just like shoving stuff under the wheels to make it flip over, just like killing people. And she's just like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry about this. I mean, not even to mention the church fires in Canada where they burned like a dozen churches. I and those, that. that was a hoax perpetrated by the Canadian government. The Canadian government paid for the studies to scan the ground to say that there were unmarked graves that then got the people to riot and burn down churches and tear down statues. I mean, it, comparing the two is so, so wildly different. It, it doesn't even, doesn't even come close. And I mean, the, the, the fact that they're closing your bank account, like, I don't know what I would do if I was in Canada. I don't know what I would do if I was one of these people. I guess just withdraw all my money. I mean, maybe I'll do that anyway. <laughs> Buy say, a bunch of gold. Well, and it was, uh, I think the threshold was $25 or, or something yeah. like that, too. It wasn't even, not that it would be okay if it was 250 by the way, but what I'm saying was it was like small donor targeted, too. Like, I I don't know, man. It's scary what's going on up there. And he just came out, and, and there's a lot of dissent, uh, even among um, like you said, the, the elites over there, like, I don't know if this is a good idea to invoke right. this and bad precedent or this and that. Um, I, I don't well, know. And that's, and that's the thing is that parliament still has to approve it. So he can't yeah, just unilaterally true. declare it. He has suggested it now, or he's declared it. And now the parliament has to actually like approve it working. Okay. I actually didn't know. Right, going in. Okay. Uh, now, by the way, we'll take some calls if you guys want. I'll throw out the Discord link. Uh, the phone lines are open. If you want to jump in, I haven't been promoting it uh, enough the last couple of days, but, of course, we have open phone lines usually. Uh, there goes the link over on Cozy. I'll get it posted on YouTube as well. I'll, pa- I'll mute it so I can cough, and then I'll post this uh, over on the Cozy chat, cozy.tv slash Ethan Ralph. You're also going to be at AFPAC is what you told me. I am going to be at AFPAC. I'm very excited for AFPAC. And uh, I'm not going officially, so I'm I'm just going to chill. <laughs> I mean, I'll probably, I'll probably, I don't know, stream from it some. Uh, I may end up hosting my show from there. But, uh, yeah, I'll be there the whole time, hanging out, chilling, maybe trying to sneak into CPAC. I don't know. I thought about we'll that, see. too, honestly, sneaking into CPAC. And I got to... Friend of mine wants to try to do that too. Uh, maybe go around the floor there. <laughs> Let's see what yeah. we can stir up. Uh, but yeah, I mean, man. It's, all, it's always fun. It was fun when we were in DC. That was CPAC, wasn't it? Yep, that was CPAC. Yeah. Uh, matter of fact, I, where I met you was at was at APAC, CPAC, whatever. Uh, there at Harry's, I remember the it Harry's. well. Uh, and. <laughs> 
Last time, man, Harry's is a great place, by the way, if you ever go to D.C., a great place to go. But when we were... (laughs) When they were doing the stop the steal stuff, they actually had to shut Harry's down because Antifa said they were going to come burn down the fucking bar, and they weren't kidding, I know. right? I know. Yeah, Harry's became like little uh, little central gathering point for us, which is funny because I one time had a job at the Will- uh, Willis Theater or something. What was it, what is it called? Hold on, it I got it right, right here. One but I'm not a DC guy. Warner, the oh, Warner Theater. Brazilian Hugh Hugh sent three dollars oh, theory that I've heard. Great Reset wanted to introduce a single digital currency. What if Bitcoin is the single digital currency and every single thing we've seen so far is inevitable and Klaus' plan will work? (laughs) Damn, if that's true, we're fucked, I have to say. Man, Klaus I, thought of it all. I don't, I don't understand Bitcoin and I refuse to. And that's, that's where I stand on the entire subject. I just don't get it. I don't get it. And, and people try to explain it to me and I just get more suspicious of it the more they try to explain it to me. So it's like, it's like, I mean, it's money, money in general, I guess I just don't like stocks. No, that's, it's all. A that's scam. not my strong suit, but I'll tell you what, I know Bitcoin and I know big, I've known Bitcoin for 11 years. And the reason I got to know it is because I learned that you could buy weed, uh, with Bitcoin. Uh, true. and, uh, not that I would do it. I just, you know, educational purpose. I was wondering how people did this. <laughs> Did this sort of thing, uh, and uh, I've I've said this on air many times, but f- I remember when it was like a dollar something. But I vividly, actually remember, f- and of course to get Bitcoin on Mount Gox, this is way back in the day. Eventually, you'd have to go to the bank and fill out a deposit slip in whatever number they gave you, and then they would credit you in your account for the Bitcoin. I remember when Bitcoin was two dollars and fifty cents per Bitcoin. <laughs> friend of mine smoked up uh, I don't know millions of dollars uh, worth of uh, cannabis product I- I'll tell you but um, but yeah you know as far as like the nuts and bolts I mean I know blockchain etc I couldn't like break it down no uh, yeah see, you can also <laughs> buy weed with cash and it's actually way simpler so I mean there's that <laughs> what was it Chappelle said he was a cash man you can, what, what the skit where he's at Disney he's like I don't want any fucking Disney dollars I can't buy pussy and weed with Disney dollars like what the fuck uh, yeah, that's the thing that's the I mean like I said I don't I don't understand or trust or um, really think about Bitcoin that much but uh, I know it's it's an amazing thing and everybody loves it and it's going to save the world but there's also just cash and and gold and uh, things that are physical that hold their value that i like a lot more and they're totally untraceable and unhackable and uh you know no surveillance or anything like that so i like cash i like cash too speaking of cash powerchat.live slash the ralph retort killstream.live slash entropy dollar sign sunset squad over on cash app also cash super chats here on odyssey.com slash at the ralph retort the flagship station have a lot of videos on here old shows we got a new clip channel killstream clips go ahead and subscribe to that also uh youtube shout out to the mirror chat podcast gang gang when they hear this tomorrow uh let's see prince andrew doesn't i don't have a set list i'm just going oh, through yeah. stuff here uh first this is settled for an, an undisclosed amount <laughs> 16 million dollars is what i read don't worry about that no, it's just <laughs> We've just taxed the people of Kent for the next 100 years to pay off old Prince Andrew's little piccadillos. Yeah, uh, what do you think? I mean, that means either billions and billions of dollars, right? Because she had this guy's balls in a vice. Like, she had all of the leverage here. So I'm thinking it was either 
many billions of dollars from the unlimited funds of the British royal vampires, or <laughs> they gave her an offer she can't refuse, Godfather style. And uh, do you want us to keep breathing? Her. Yeah, that, that could have been the yeah, offer. Yeah. <laughs> like, here's our offer, and it like looks like money, but it's just a video of like Jeffrey Epstein being killed, and she's just like, oh, okay, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's Princess Diana in Paris. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Shopping, shopping that night, yeah, something like yeah. that, yeah, yeah. With the queen with a sniper rifle and JFK, like. Do you want to have to check your brake lines every time you go out, or would you rather just settle this thing? I, I think you know the would answer. Would you rather have $1,000, Miss Jufri, yeah. You know, the thing I, I asked earlier, though, what, why didn't he just settle in the first place? I mean, he's not that bright, I guess, but. Uh, That's why I think it had to have been for a shit ton of money. I think like they're saying sixteen million dollars is what the British tabloids are saying. Oh really? I thought it. I thought it was like totally. I mean, well, I mean, it could be even more than that. I don't know. It could be more than that, but I'm I'm saying it's that's the minimum amount. I would say they're saying sixteen million. Of course, they don't. Maybe mm-hmm. they just made that up. I don't know. But sixteen million dollars is a lot of fucking money. Yeah, it's a it's a lot of money. It's not for the royal family though. But taken from the British. I mean, the funniest thing about the royal family. I was talking to this one guy from Britain one time, and he's like, he's like the royal family's just. Figureheads, they aren't, they're like a tourist trap. They aren't really anything. And I'm like, oh, okay, so they don't really have any power. I get that. And then later he's like uh, talking about this place in England, Kent. And he's like, yeah, the Kent, uh, Kent is owned by the royal family. They own all of it. Nobody owns any land in Kent. They, you exclusively rent it from the royal family, and they just it's a continual stream of income. So it's like, it's, they're not really a tourist trap. Like they just they physically own your country, and you have to pay them for the privilege of existing there. It's, it's a little bit more than a little tourist trap. And then you see like the if you read like parliamentary, if you read shit about like uh, English parliamentary stuff, it'll be like uh, back and forth. These people wanted this prime minister and these people wanted this. And then like the last line is like, and then the queen decided this person would be prime minister. (laughs) It's like, wait, she can do that. It's like, yes, if you look at the laws, everything parliament does has to be approved by the queen. And sometimes she's just like, Oh, you want that guy? No, I want him. And they're just like, yes, majesty, as you wish. So like the greatest trick, the British uh, rural families ever played is making people think they're just like, figureheads and that don't have any real power. They still control the British government to a very large extent. And well, they, and they, they have powers that uh, they can always use, but, you know, they don't really necessarily in public. But, but, well, that's what they want you to believe. But they really have vast and wide influence behind the scenes, uh, like you say. Uh, and they're in close contact with a lot of these politicians, uh, sponsor these guys. You know, they're at all the same well, you know, There's a reason that after essentially after World War I, like 100 years after Waterloo, right after Napoleon's fall, World War I comes around, and by the end of it, England is the only royal house standing in Europe, right? France falls, uh, Germany falls, the Tsar falls in Russia within just like a couple years, and uh, the only royal house still in existence was the the royal family. And there's uh, there's a reason for that. They're crafty. You got to give them that. <laughs> I guess they're crafty. So damn crafty. <laughs> they're crafty as fuck. All right, now. Uh, okay, now I have uh, TCS paused, but if you guys send them in, I'll have a break in about 15 or 20 minutes, and we'll let them roll through. Now, uh, Prince Andrew, what else do I have up here? Um, let's see. Uh, the Olympics. Have you seen any of the Olympics uh, this year? I've watched none of the Olympics at all, which is kind of a bummer. I like the Olympics. I think the Olympics are cool. 
I do too, but they've kind of ruined them the last couple. Of, I guess it's this COVID shit, but I, especially the Summer Olympics, I love. Oh my god, I couldn't Dude. hardly watch it. Yeah, the Summer Olympics, like I was watching it for a while, and it was like, yeah, this kind of seems off. Like, yeah, it's just not as fun without the crowd and stuff. But then I was immediately started watching clips just from previous Olympics, and it was just like it, it was like black and white versus color. You know, it was just death and silence and nothingness versus just like overwhelming, just like waves of applause and just like people showering in glory. Like it was so different the way they've fucking stripped it of its humanity and charm and everything. But uh, also it's like, it's too political now. Like, can we just not pull it? Like, I really don't care if China in this regard, like the, the athletes have no say over their government. So like, can we just have some things that are not tainted by politics that just exist so we can like celebrate human achievement totally well, independent of fucking communist verse. Well, and I see this and, and then you, you mentioned that it's funny cause this is the headline here and let me see. I don't know if I have my thing on. So you, yeah, you can see me. You can see the screen. Uh, mm. NBC is nearly mom on China abuses in its wall to wall Olympics coverage. Well, first off they're in China, uh, guests <laughs> of the Chinese <laughs> government, right? I, I might be a little uh, mum myself if I was in Beijing. Uh, if right. it's to disappear, if you get a little too loud over there. Uh, and so I can understand it from that regard. But also, you know, I mean, it says nearly mum. I guess they've talked about it a little bit. But what are they supposed to do, really? I mean, they're there covering a sporting event. It's not a fucking... Yeah, it's it's just not the not the place or the time. And, yeah. uh, and also, yeah, it's... It, you know, just like you treat others how you'd want to be treated. And if we invited a bunch of people over to America and they fucking stood on our land and used it to talk shit about us, which they do, obviously, but it's just not respectful. I, you know, and fuck China, like the the country of China, not the Chinese people, but the Communist Party, like are some of the worst people in the world. But, um, you know, let let the people play their little games, man. Let them jump off. If you want to if you want to humiliate China jump farther than them on skis or twirl better than them on ice skates. And that will, that will humiliate them on the world stage more than talking about abuses, honestly. Oh, well, yeah. Well, they're dead serious about wanting to win that medal count. Yeah. I was going to say, if you embarrass them there, that's where you should be focused on. Yeah. (laughs) That's where they're focused on. Uh, Now let me, of course I got some other stuff. I'm going through your timeline too. I'm going to play this Biden clip in a minute, but I remembered a tweet while I was thinking about your Twitter there, uh, where you mentioned yesterday, got a lot of play it actually, uh, that uh, I'm trying to remember the exact wording, but basically um, that it's shocking just how right InfoWars has been about everything pretty much was the was the gist yeah. of it. What did you mean by that? Absolutely everything. Well, just the, I mean, with the, the uh, Justin Trudeau move in Canada is sort of sort of like the encapsulation of everything, right? It's the great reset. It's the medical tyranny. It's the forced vaccinations. All of this was laid out so long ago by Alex Jones. I mean, as far back, I mean, you can go back to him holding protests in like 1992, where he's like protesting, having to give your fingerprint to get a driver's license. And he's like, this is the beginning of a biomedical tyranny. They will have your DNA on file, forced vaccines, like in 1992, right? So this is however many, you know, 30, almost 30 years ago at this point. Uh, and with Justin Trudeau, like shutting down the banks, you know, they didn't activate the police or the military, right? Because that would actually require people to go out and arrest people. So instead they used the banks. So it's the sort of corporate overlords working with the government. At the same time, they're using uh, hacker, like, you know, illegal hackers. So, you know, the government now is just completely shedding itself of any limits whatsoever. And uh, anyway, and for, it's just like, 
you always sort of thought, I always thought in the back of my mind, like, it's the worst case scenario. Like what yeah. Alex Jones is talking about or like what I'm, you know, maybe predicting on the show. It's like, this is, this is where it could go. This is a warning. This is a worst case scenario. Just stop it from scenario. going there. And now right. it's here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I completely agree. And, and to be honest, um, and I feel like a lot of people uh, felt this way. Like this is, this is, like you said, a worst case scenario type thing or maybe a bit of a flight of fancy maybe, right? Like it's, it's, going, right. it's going to some areas that I don't really think we're going there. But then you look back, uh, in many cases, not only did we go there, not only did we go there, we went further. Uh, yeah. But anyway. I, no, it's all, it, I mean, and it's, it's great because I feel very, I feel like, we were right the whole time, right? Like I've, I've only been in InfoWars for about a little over five years, a little while, but not too long. But I mean, I watched Alex Jones back in middle school, right? It was against the Iraq war. And when the Patriot Act came around, it was like, no, 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 this is fucked up. We cannot give the government these rights, right? And then here now, 20 plus years later, it's turned on the American people. And it's like, yeah, we know we were right. And like, wouldn't I feel stupid if back then I was like, yeah, Patriot Act, get them Muslims. We got to, you know, they're, they're terrorists. We who, rats. They don't have rats. They're terrorists. We got to get them. Like I'd feel kind of stupid if I was all for the Patriot Act. And now I was like, wait, me, wait, no, not, no, not me. No, that's for the other people. So like, you know, we just knew it was coming. Like you knew it was coming as soon as they started talking about it destroying civil liberties, being able to deem, deem, people, uh, deem people as, you know, domestic terrorists, restricting their rights, abdicating their rights in many cases. Like this is, it was all, it was all laid down 20 plus years ago. And if you were paying attention, you, you saw it. And now it's coming to fruition. Well, and, well I was going to say, people were saying it. People like InfoWars, people like Alex Jones, but others too. Uh, even some, le- yeah. I remember they used to bring, you know, ultra leftoids on and they'd say, this is not a great idea. These are civil liberties they're giving away. And I remember they would be portrayed as like, you know, far left, buzzkill idiot. You know what I mean? Like this guy's a kook, right? We got to lock these Muslims up. Well, Alex Jones was far left back then. I mean, maybe not far left, but he was left wing. He was, like, I mean, he got arrested yeah. for protesting George W. Bush. Was totally against Bush in the Iraq War. Yeah. I mean, and this is the this is the worst thing about Infowars and the way that we're treated in the media is that 2015, so one year before the Trump election, I remember going into coffee shops, Austin Java on Lamar and 15th Street, and there'd be a stack of Infowars. There's like, you know, there's like the Austin Chronicle and the the green sheets. And then there'd be a stack of InfoWars magazines because that was when that was published. And every coffee shop in Austin had a stack of InfoWars magazines and they would clear out like that. No, like everybody would come in and grab one. So he was like a hero of the the alternative anybody. Right. If you were kind of like off the beaten path, left or right, you could be a fan of Alex Jones. And since then, they've just destroyed his reputation and all the people that would have been into what he was saying before think he is a you know, right-wing Trump sycophant Nazi, which couldn't be farther from the well, truth. Well, they just written that part of his chapter, that part of his book out of his, out of his history, pretty much. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and you wouldn't, if you weren't around back, not everybody was around back then. For one, um, you, if you're a youngster, right, you might not even know that. Um, yeah. You would only know what they're telling you on TV. And you're like, oh, this guy's crazy. You know, wild Trump supporter. And it's like, well, okay, yeah, he has supported Trump. But if you look at his record and stuff, like you said, it's yeah. a diverse. And that's the other thing is like, because when I commented, it's really kind of annoying because like you comment something like that, you get so much hate and so much of it is just lies, just wrong, just parroting talking points or whatever. But you also get people being like, oh, well, you know, he was he was sucking Trump's dick while Trump was making, you know, rolling out the vaccine or whatever. And it's like, 
No, he wasn't. If you watch Alex Jones, if anything, he would be yelling in rage, going, Trump, you idiot. What are you doing? You know, like this idea that he like somehow covered for Trump when he was making a mistake. Like, Alex, he doesn't do that. So I don't know. It's it's very We showed those clips. Uh, yeah, yeah. Where he's, you know. I don't know if I'll say raging, but, you know, going off basically uh, against Trump. I don't know. Um, I, yeah. I get that, too, where, um, you know, we were just as critical as anybody of, of Trump um, and his policies here on the show. But it's like, you know, they try to mischaracterize you as some water carrier. And it's like, no, actually, I'm pretty fucking disappointed uh, in Donald Trump. Yeah, exactly. The truth. No, yeah, I'm pretty disappointed. I'm pretty vocal about the disappointment. And he really had a chance to do something great and kind of blew it. But also at the same time, what he was up against was 80 plus years of like entrenched deep state bureaucratic uh, uh, takeover. Right. So to expect one guy to be able to do this, I mean, the people that it's fault really is, is all the other Republicans. I mean, all the other Republicans stymied him. They refused to vote for his wall. They refused to do anything with him. This and so what he needed was not only help and assistance doing what he did, but like a lot of it, like they, re- they needed to be very aggressive and like root out the deep state. And they didn't do that. And he couldn't get anybody to help him do that. And there was no way one guy is going to one guy taking on the entire system is just not feasible. So it's disappointing. But at the same time, look at what's just come out this week about Russiagate and the um, you know dossier and the spying on Trump in the White House, like they were worried about this guy. They were like actually trying to mess this guy up and it didn't work. Like you don't do that if he's controlled or if you're in league with him or if he is not an actual threat, you don't pull out all the stops like this to try to destroy him. Now, can you do a little rundown on the Durham report? Cause we haven't covered it fully here on the show. And a couple people have asked me about it. Of course I read a little bit about it, but we haven't done a full, you know, you know, rundown basically of what it entails. And you just referenced it there. Uh, what's going on with that? Hillary Clinton allegedly hired a firm to hack Trump yes. basically. Uh, so, uh, so Michael Sussman was indicted a little while ago by John Durham for lying to the FBI. And I believe what he was indicted for was lying to them and saying that he was not working for anyone when he presented them information about Trump having a connection to Russia, when in reality he was working for the Clinton campaign at the time. So he lied about that and was indicted on that. And the most recent indictment is related to that indictment. And it was who he was working with and for uh, to spy on Trump. And so Basically, you had this guy named Joffe, who's a South African guy. Rodney, so Rodney Joffe was working with tech companies that were hired by the Pentagon to take huge swaths of data and do research with it. And so they used that access that they had to spy on Trump at Trump Tower and at Trump's apartment building at Central Park West and, and while he was at the White House. So they essentially had DNS he used a company that was uh, yeah, contract to do DNS work for the white house to access information. And then he fed that information to, I think he fed it to Jake Sullivan, who was the, or no, he fed it to salon. Basically it's, it's the media and the deep state spy apparatus, FBI and the Democrats sort of working in tandem where they, they were hacking for information, uh, gave that to the media Jake Sullivan's campaign published, you know, a statement about the Salon article and the FBI used that information to uh, launch an investigation. So one thing that 
people are confusing is they're saying this latest indictment does not prove that they spied on Trump. But that was already proven. That was already established, right? They already established that Trump had been spied on by the government. This is how they spied on him first to try to find the probable cause to fabricate the Pfizer warrants so the government could spy on him officially. So uh, it's it's a total. And so Jake Sullivan is now like the deputy foreign minister. No, he's know, the minister. national security advisor. Yeah, uh, yeah, national security advisor. So. Um, so yeah, I think I think Joffe was the tech executive number one. Uh, so yeah, they were they were spying on Trump in the White House, and I guess they yeah they figured out that he had transaction with Alpha Bank and presented it as if this was some sort of hidden you know Russia connection that they then presented to the FBI. So they're kind of cooking the books on their own, then present that to authorities, quote unquote, that they're in league with. Obviously, it's a bond administration, <laughs> and they use that to to start their own uh, spying. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's similar to what's happening with the give, send, go hackers, right? You've got – because you can't – like a government can't do this, right? The government can't just have a warrantless surveillance of your bank account or whatever. But if you are in league with hackers and these illegal hackers leak information and then it's and then it's published, then you can access that and without a warrant, right? So, you, you know, it's just – it's workarounds. It's just workarounds limitation – constitutional limitations – to do what they were going to they what they want to do. So, and of course, I mean, what, what came to my mind is uh, the stingrays. Do you remember that in 2018, uh, it was found out that Israel had built a bunch of stingrays outside the white house to intercept. <laughs> they had uh, listening devices inside of them or something. Yeah, yeah. 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 So I wonder if, uh, I wonder if they were in league with them or it was just like tons of nefarious forces all just like spying on the Trump white house, trying to destroy him. Well, that was another thing they presented as some kooky uh, thing that people are saying. And it's like, no, they actually, that really happened. Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I only ever saw it. Like, you can look it up now. Just type, like, Israel Stingray White uh, White House. And it's just these very calm articles just being like, uh, a, a secret spying device from uh, Israel was discovered in the White House. And uh, it's uh, the, we, we cleaned it up. It's You're over. Right. Don't worry about it. Never mind. No Next big story. deal. Imagine if that yeah. was the Chinese and they had, like, fucking, you know, Puffer fish with a microphone inside or some shit. You know what I mean? And they discovered those in the Treasury Department pond or something like that. What do you think the the reaction would be? Right? Like it's no big deal. Don't worry. Of course they have stingrays that are genetically engineered. Like I don't even understand. No, no, no. St- no stingray is the device. It's oh, you mean the stingray. listening device? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's the shit that they use to intercept uh, yeah, text it's, messages it's a, and stuff like that. Yeah, fixed, yeah. I thought you were talking about fixed. actual stingrays for a that minute. That would be awesome. That would no, be that sick. Would be you meant the device that, stingray. Okay, no, I know those two. No, the yeah. Israeli government has uh, commando dolphins. That's the sea creature that the Israeli government is. Uh, Fucking hell. Has. The dolphins, I've though. heard dolphins will rape you uh, as well, well. So that could be something. <laughs> 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 no, no, no. The Hollywood producer dolphins are, are unrelated. This is different. Deploy the Weinstein Brigade. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, I wonder what old Harvey's up to right now. I just now thought about that. Well, yeah, what? Yeah, who? Yeah, who uh, he's probably he's, he's hanging out with Epstein and Tel Aviv. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see here. Biden said some shit today. Let's talk about Ukraine and Russia here in a minute. But uh, this is what he said. Now they've been telling us for a solid, really longer than that, but at least a week that we're on the precipice of war. Uh, well, 
so there's a war about to happen, Russia and Ukraine. A lot of people oh, want to drag us imminent. into it. Yeah, it's imminent. It's imminent. They're going to attack tomorrow is what I heard yesterday. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> they put it on the calendar. <laughs> I was just, like, dumbfounded. I was like, well, if they were going to attack Wednesday, it's probably going to be Thursday. Now you motherfuckers came out and said this, right? Uh, I don't know, but here's what Biden said. And if Russia attacks the United States or our allies through asymmetric means, like disruptive cyber attacks against our companies or critical infrastructure, we are prepared to respond. But we're moving in lockstep with our NATO allies and partners to deepen our collective defense against threats in cyber. Right, now, what do you think about what he said there and then just the whole Ukraine-Russia thing uh, in uh, general? Well, oh, good Lord. Um, yeah, the Russia, I mean... The Russia-Ukraine thing, to, from my perspective, it it must just be cracking Putin up. Like, Putin just has America, like, dancing on a string, like, because it's entirely up to him. Like, if he wants to invade, th- he's going to invade, and he's going to take over Kiev. Like, the, it, it would be folly, I think, for us to think that we could stop him from doing that with the number of troops he has and everything. And if he doesn't invade, then, like, what was this all about? And I think... I mean, this is a cynical thing, and you would hope our elites wouldn't drive us to the precipice of war for, you know, petty political gain. They're far above that type of, uh, you know, that type of risky move. But, you know, the idea is that, like, they're like, oh, Russia's going to invade. Russia's going to invade. And then Russia's like, no, we're not. And they're like, yeah, see, we, 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 they backed down. We scared them off. See how we did that? Uh, it's totally ridiculous. But, I mean, this statement in particular, and then if you scroll down, you see the, um, the image that I posted is from the Rockefeller lockstep document, which I'm sure you heard about. It's basically the Rockefeller scenario planning document where they describe exactly how COVID would go and down to the like T down just perfectly. Uh, so th- that was the lockstep. So lockstep was just one of four scenarios. And the next scenario down the chain is hack attack where they talk about a series of cyber attacks. And if you, if you want to go to that document, it's, it's another kind of hilariously accurate. It's like in this imaginary scenario, uh, America withdraws from Afghanistan and starts to address domestic terrorist concerns at home instead. And just like, it's all exactly what's happening right now. And so it's very interesting that he, within one sentence said, we have to be worried about cyber attacks. NATO and its allies are walking in lockstep towards this goal. And uh, he's just setting up. I mean, it's, it's the false flaggers dream, right? It's the deep state's per- perfection of their craft to be able to blame a cyber attack on Russia and have it totally unfalsifiable. There's no way you could investigate this and figure this out. They can so easily disguise it as having come from Russia. They could literally just attack American infrastructure and say that's Russia. And here Joe Biden has promised if they cyber attack us, we will respond militarily. So if they want to, they have completely set themselves up for a slam dunk, false flag cyber attack to uh, predicate their war in Russia, if if they feel like it. Yeah, and, and again, I um, I, I watched uh, on the Tequila Sunrise earlier. We watched a clip from RT News. Uh, of course, it's Russian outlook. There's no doubt about that. Um, but they basically said what you're saying, and it's starting to look like the likely scenario, right, that this is Biden, these are some of these Western leaders getting together uh, and kind of cooking up 
cooking the books, to use a phrase we used earlier, uh, so they can say, oh, well, we, pu- we, we pushed the Ruskies back. They were going to do this disastrous war. This strong leadership from President Biden, which is hilarious, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, pushed them back. Like, they were intimidated. If Trump would have been here, we'd be at war. Uh, it, yeah, which is hilarious because the, we, the, we never even got close to war under Trump. Um, but... I mean, the history of Ukraine is is wild. I mean, it's one of the most confusing and convoluted clusterfucks that you've ever seen in your life, um, basically the entire time. But it's always sort of been under occupation, right? It was under occupation by the Nazis, and they had some some uh, some death to deal, and then the USSR took them over, and they dealt some more death and some starvation and that sort of stuff. And then once the Soviet Union fell, it just went total oligarchy, right? It just went total corrupt uh you know, fake democracy controlled by the the richest people in Ukraine. And basically all of our elites saw this as just like a very juicy uh, turkey to get their, to get their meat off of. So, you know, Biden's son, tons of contacts and billions of dollars in Ukraine. Nancy Pelosi's son has billions of dollars in contracts in Ukraine. I'm sure the Cheney's and the Bushes, like they all saw the Ukraine as a very, ripe fruit for picking in the terms of corruption. And so I think in some way they're worried about like losing the money that they're getting from that and also being exposed. If anything were to happen, uh, that would sort of uncover some of the behind the scenes action that they've done. Cause remember they impeached Trump over Ukraine. There's no, you know, there's a reason why Russia gate was about Russia, right? There's a lot of movement against Russia and a lot of that is happening in Ukraine. It's happening behind the scenes with NGOs and media outlets fabricating things and this goes back to 2014 with the maidan massacre and uh so it, it's it's very 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 confusing it's ukraine. kind of a playground for foreign intelligence in a lot of ways ukraine right like there's always yeah. yeah and you talk you talk about the, i forget the was it the orange revolution i can't remember what they call theirs but uh basically yeah, they've been playing the Ma- games yeah the maidan so. um yeah yeah it has like a, it has a whole bunch of names, but yeah, I just, I just got back, you know, when all of this started happening last month, I got back into that and was like watching documentaries and it's like, okay, so the, the wealthy Jews are funding the Nazis to take on the communists who are aligned with the nationalists. It's just like, it's so confusing in Ukraine. You you don't know. And it's like, cause yeah, it's crazy. It's like one person will be a puppet of this faction and they get elected and then it comes out that actually they were taking bribes from this other faction. So you're like, so who was, who was this person on? And, uh, and meanwhile, there's all these like leaked cell phone uh, or phone calls from WikiLeaks where like people like Victoria Newland, who's still leading the charge to this day, her, she's talking to the ambassador from Ukraine and they're literally like picking who's going to be the Ukrainian president. Like they're discussed. They're like, so who should be president here? And they're like, well, I think this guy, and, and this guy's pretty good. And this guy will, will support this other guy. And, and so they see this as just a, a piece to be moved on their, on their worldwide chessboard. Now, speaking of presidents, and I had this noted a minute ago, I wanted to follow up with our past conversation. Trump talked about disappointments, uh, et cetera. Well, it looks like he's going to probably be the nominee uh, again in 2024. I don't really see anybody stopping him. Um, of course, things can change politics, right? It's a long time. It could something. It's crazy could happen, right, between now and then. But uh, what do you think about where that's headed, a possible Trump-Biden rematch? I'm not too excited about that, but uh, has Trump learned anything? I I don't know. What do you think? Just uh, yeah, it's sort of a sort of a damned if you do, damned yeah. if you don't, right? Because despite all of his failures, 
to this day, nobody can get out crowds like Trump and Trump still carries this movement on his shoulder. I mean, maybe not for some of the right wing dissident, right, you know, Twitterati like ourselves, you know, we're not super excited about Trump, but we do not speak for the vast majority of people that go to Trump rallies who love Trump dearly and will vote for him and come and come out for him. So it's definitely the correct political move if you want victory. But at the same time, can we take four more years of disappointment? And did, did we do anything to prevent them stealing the election again? Like, did any of this happen? So I, I'm a little bit blackpilled on it. I'm a little bit uh, hopeless on it. I almost like the idea of him being Speaker of the House even better. I almost <laughs> like the idea of Congressman Trump even better than President Trump. Honestly, that would, be that would be the funniest fucking thing that ever happened. Also, because I just want to see it done, too, because it's legal. You don't actually have to be a congressman to be Speaker of the House. Uh, so oh. I, No, you don't. You don't actually. He could. They could set him up with a congressional seat easily. Uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I assumed like no. you know, he would just run wherever like Mar-a-Lago is and just, you know. No, it's my understanding, and again, there might be some constitutional experts uh, better than me uh, in the audience, but it's my understanding that you don't even have to be uh, a member of the <laughs> House of Representatives to be, to be Speaker of the House if you're elected by them. Again, somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, but that's what I've... Uh, that's what I read. Yeah, that would be the funniest part. He's never even uh, speak of the house, uh, and I'll I'll double check on that. But um, do you think that's what we're headed for, though? A Trump Biden rematch? God, I, I mean, when you said Trump Biden, like I've not thought about that because I, it has not even entered the realm of possibility for me that Biden survives another three years as president of the United States. Like that, I, I just assume he's going to like calcify by then. He's just going to become a fossil and uh, not be able to run. I cannot imagine Joe Biden running again. I can't but imagine maybe. him running. Period. Uh, you know, yeah. it's. Uh, do you see him getting helped off the stage a couple of weeks ago? Like this guy's in in tough shape. I don't know. He's hilarious. I'm not it's, sure. I'm not sure he's going to. It is. It. Uh, it is totally wild. I mean, it's crazy because it's the emperor's new clothes. I mean, it's not even. It's the it's emperor's new clothes. Everybody knows this dude is completely decrepit and insane and incapable of carrying on a sin. He's the ruler of the free world, and we're and, and the media just pretends like we can't see this. Just pretends like he's not constantly embarrassing himself. It's 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 1984, man. It, we are in some sort of weird dystopian fantasy nightmare. It's crazy. I'd have to agree with you. By the way, here's the here's the little blurb. The Constitution does not require the Speaker to be an incumbent member of the House of Representatives, Representatives although every Speaker thus far has been. Uh, so that would be a break uh, with about, what, 250 years of precedent. But uh, uh, it could it, it's possible to do. Um, so that would be hilarious. But I remember that there was some rumors that he might run for a House seat down in Florida or something. I don't think he would do that. But I do I think maybe he would be convinced to do something like that just because that's so hilarious. Uh, but I'm not sure if they actually would. By the way, we have a caller. Hello, caller. Caller, you disappoint me, caller. Disappoint. Yeah, I watch an American Journal on Infowars.com and Bandod Video. I, I go through this every day, multiple times a day. <laughs> 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 you know, yeah, got to be caller. ready. You've callers, callers, be ready. Go ahead, caller. I can hear you now. Hello, Harrison. Hello. Hello, uh, big fan. Uh, I wanted to ask you about Jerome. Can you hear me? Yeah. 
Oh, okay. you, you dropped out. I want to ask you, uh, Jerome, Jerome I figured he was going there. Yeah, Jerome Corsi. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Uh, filed a lawsuit against Alex Jones. And uh, I remember Jones, uh, Jerome Corsi as the QAnon guy and always had me throwing crap at my television screen. I hate him. Uh, he's Henry Kissinger's buddy. And uh, he was suing... Uh, he, it says that he was suing Alex Jones and his father over a Russia info. Do you know anything about that? Uh, no, I really don't know anything about that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Jerome Corsi used to work with InfoWars. I don't even know if he worked for us. Like, you know, we have people that write things that don't necessarily work for us, but he would kind of hang around the office sometimes. I, I probably shouldn't say anything too much. Yeah, I'm just saying legal proceedings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I thought I was going to get that. Yeah, I thought this was going to be a touchy subject. So that's fine. Well, I mean, he's well, not the one being sued either, so like he can't really uh, – not yeah. that he would comment on it anyway, hopefully, if he was being sued. But uh, I, I mean, uh, what I know about Jerome Corsi is that he was always very pleasant to me, and he used a, a rolling backpack to carry around his papers. Don't stand <laughs> so out, don't they? Mm-hmm. I still remember the motherfucker that used a rolling backpack in – junior high school i still remember because he was the one guy by the way he's probably got great back these days you know he wasn't carrying <laughs> right. all these books but he looked retarded right walking around with that but anyway sorry i'm sure jerome looked distinguished with his rolling backpack but yes very much so very much so all right caller what else you got <laughs> that's pretty much it thank you very much it was a pleasure talking to you thank you man thanks yeah thanks all right for calling in yeah i don't even know if well, yeah, I, I really, I really shouldn't yeah, get into it. He hasn't been there for for a long time, and I guess, yeah, I guess QAnon, yeah, QAnon was around. All right, yeah, I just, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure, but I, I've known Alex has gone pretty hard. QAnon makes me sick, honestly. I'm not gonna lie. Well, uh, QAnon routinely says Alex Jones is a Mossad agent, right. so it's hilarious when people are like, "Oh, Alex Jones, QAnon." It's like no, QAnon hates Alex Jones and thinks he's a Mossad agent, so. Yeah, that doesn't seem likely. I, I just, man, the Q folks are just. Uh, it's it's tough. sad, honestly. I, I don't like it, man. It's uh, it's way too cultish. It's very sad. It's people that like woke up to something that told them a little bit of truth, and they were so overwhelmed by this like taste of truth that they just like got drunk on it, and uh, and wanted more, and are, are just very easily manipulated, I guess. But it's it's a total psyop. I don't know if it was since the beginning. But it did very quickly become a just wildly successful psychological operation. Well, and it's disappointing because it's like these people, like you said, maybe have a little bit of a taste of truth here or there, and then they're off to the races on some nonsense, complete garbage that just, when you hear it, you know it's garbage too. And they could be focusing on some real shit, you know what I mean? Like there's a lot of uh, actual juicy material and things they could dig into, and instead they're off in fantasy land. Right. And that's the thing is people, uh, I think a lot, I think this is the case for a lot of things, but people get like bogged down kind of in the details and they want to argue like, well, there's this and there's this, but like, to me, QAnon was like, okay, he keeps saying, trust the plan. He keeps saying, don't do anything. He keeps saying, don't get involved and just wait because there are forces behind the scenes. And to me, first of all, that sounds like total bullshit. It sounds like somebody is tricking you into not opposing the people to not getting involved. Like, it's just so obvious from the beginning, but even if I wasn't sure whether or not it was true, it's like, Think about the wager you're making. Think about the bet you're making. Uh, if it is true and, you know, it's it's accurate and there's white hats behind the scenes pulling strings and one day, you know, Trump's going to take off his suit and there's going to be, you know, the purple of the emperor underneath. Like, if that happens, then great. Then great. And, uh, you know, whatever. 
I'm still going to keep working towards my political goals, right? I'm still going to keep moving towards my political goals because if they're not right, then otherwise you've wasted all your time, right? So it's like, it's just a win-win situation to be involved, to be active, because even if there are forces behind the scenes working for you, which spoiler alert, there aren't, there are not, there are not, there are not good people behind the scenes pulling any strings at all in any part of our government. So uh, that's not how they got to the string pulling position by being good people. No, it's no offense if any are listening. I don't mean it, but uh, <laughs> no, I like. I wish it was true, but it's just not, and it never will be. And it's extremely damaging to tell people to just sit and wait for something that will never come and spoil one of the greatest opportunities they ever had to set the uh, ship straight well, by actually you, getting involved. Well, if you think about it, I was at a lot of these Stop and Steal rallies, and I remember, I still remember Q Granny, and she was really nice, and we were in Phoenix, and then. She started literally started talking about JFK Jr. and all this stuff. And don't worry, you know, I think it was going to be inauguration day that day. The truth was going to come out, right? And these people are going to be arrested and this and that. And it's like, dude, no, it's not. It's not going to happen. Uh, I mean, this this might sound kind of strange as like an Infowars host, but I try to basically ignore anything that tells me they're telling the future they're all lying because what happens is something really huge happens. Like this Durham report comes out, which is like hugely devastating to Hillary Clinton. Nobody from QAnon seemed to know it was coming out. Nobody from QAnon said, Oh, TikTok two days is coming out. Right. It's always, it's always retrospective. It's always like something happens. And then QAnon comes out to go, here's what that was really about. Let me give you the, the breakdown. It's like, if you could just predict one thing, if you could just say this is about to happen and then that thing happens, I would I would have a, a modicum of hope that you were real. But nothing they've ever predicted has come true. Nothing they've ever claimed was happening is actually happening. So why would you keep trusting these people? Well, that's a good question, I have to admit. Uh, now, I love them, though. I, I, let me be well, clear. A lot of my like really close family members are very into QAnon. And I, I tell them the same thing. I'm just like, they're like, oh, well, you know, they say this is going to happen. And I'm like, well, it's not. So I'm sorry that your hope is up, but it's the, that's a lie. You're being lied to. And like, they're like, oh, we'll see. And it's like, okay, I guess we will, you know? So like, I love QAnon people. I wish them the best, but they're wrong and QAnon's wrong and it's, it's all a lie. So sorry. Well, what I also don't understand is how could you still be QAnon at this point? Right? Like, I mean, I could have maybe, you know what I mean? No goddamn sense. <laughs> right? During the Stop the Steal era, I wasn't queuing on then either, but it's like, okay, well, but at this yeah. point, yeah, it's been fully exposed as a ruse, I'd say. Um, uh, yeah, pretty much 100%. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, by the way, we have the uh, Killstream Kingpin invitation. We got about 10 more minutes with Harrison here. There is the blurb for it on killstream.live, killstream.live slash bowl. Uh, you can get your tickets, but it's not only going to be a bowling event now. It is a multifaceted production uh, at this <laughs> point. We should combine it, man. It should be like you bowl, and then you go and, and state your argument. You know, it, it, that would be good. I'm still trying to figure out exactly how we're going to do it because we got a lot of different things to do that evening. I'm also going to, the plan is at least, for me to be wed in holy matrimony there uh, at the event as well. Uh, uh, it's so exciting. That's right. My fiance will be nine months pregnant uh, on that day. Uh, and so... The due date is actually April the 27th. Uh, You're cutting it close, son. The day of this event is April the 2nd. Um, So, yes, I'm cutting it close. We'll see if uh, as long as uh, our little girl doesn't come early. (laughs) Uh, But, uh, yeah, we're going to drive down there to Dallas, Texas, uh, and that's going to be part of the event, too. 
You know, uh, I'm very excited to meet her. I'm very excited to meet everybody. I, I thought it was, I mean, it's evidence of how hungry we are for this type of thing. Because you said, like, what if we do a bowling tournament? And within, like, 24 hours, it was, like, so many different people just being like, I'm in. I'll be there. I'm, I've got my plane tickets already. Like, we've been, I've been wanting to, I've been waiting for somebody to do something like this. So, I'm very excited to just have an in real life just fun events yeah. of good times and uh, it, defeating destiny with the power of a thousand <laughs> suns. I'm glad you said that for. too, because I was talking to Dick Masterson's going to be there too. And I was talking to him earlier and I hadn't talked to him about it in a week or so. And he's like, Oh, it's funny. You mentioned that. I was just thinking about this bowling event today and getting hype uh, thinking about it. Cause uh, just the, all the different stuff. Like you said, it's a fun event. Uh, we're going to have a debate and stuff, but it's not going to be stuffy PBS style or whatever. Right. We're, we're going to have fun with it. Uh, I am, going to try to broadcast at least portions of it live uh, especially the debate part uh, on the internet now we'll see uh, of course um, tech who knows it'll be recorded for sure 100 percent. but the plan is to stream it there from the bowling from the bowling alley live uh there in north dallas and for the record the whole bowling alley is ours for the evening it will be closed to the public there's not going to be any stragglers or anything like that the way you get in uh is either you know you know harrison ain't got to buy a ticket <laughs> but uh, you know me or whatever you're part of the show or you buy a ticket uh to the event uh and i'm pretty excited about it. never done one of these so we'll see how it goes i know it's gonna be a lot of fun though uh no matter how it goes so i th- you know that's all i'm expecting i mean because bowling you know it's one of those things like unless you're a really serious bowler that like takes it really serious like sometimes i bowl really good and i feel good about myself I, I scored like dude like sixty points when I'm I went on Friday like so bad I was getting gutter balls left and right like, I don't it, it doesn't use I'm usually okay at bowling sometimes I'm really good sometimes I'm just terrible but I always have a fun time it's always a great time that's so. me too I always have a good time I'm terrible at bowling like you said a 70, 70 to a hundred if I hit a hundred I like had a great game you know what I mean like yeah, that's like beautiful. my three hundred if I hit a hundred yeah, uh, yeah so I'm I'm pretty bad I had somebody earlier today telling me it's about the spin the the top two uh, fingers or something you get the spin with those and that's how you do it i don't know how to do that dude uh, uh, when we when we went on when my wife and i went on saturday the two people on e- lanes either side of us were doing the sickest bowls i've ever seen one dude only had one arm and he bowled left-handed but they were just like it was like weaving and like yeah it was amazing i was so jealous like i i legitimately want to become really good at bowling oh, just to be able to do that 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 spin thing. yes but to say when they really know how to art and it curves into the strike you know what i mean it looks the, so pretty the dude next to me like when he would do it it would be like up above his head before he he went for it and like he was throwing it so hard i was just like oh the power the grace it's a beautiful game it's it's a very beautiful game it really is when you know what you're doing there might be some beauty there might be some ugliness there in terms of my bowling as well uh but killstream.live slash bowl i'm looking forward to it dallas texas uh now i've had something else i was gonna ask you oh yeah so we got five minutes lord of the rings i saw you um Tweeting about that, uh, Lord of the Rings, as as I call it. Yeah. Uh, Lord of the Rings. Yeah, yeah it's very I, sad. What's going on, dude? Yeah, it's uh, it's very sad. Uh, Jared Tolkien's son died, and uh, the vultures moved in. I, I mean, it's it's in a way, it's like it's beautiful. It's like we're living through the metaphysical manifestation of the stories that we loved. Right? Star Wars is now produced by the empire mordor now has the screen rights to lord of the rings and is producing lord of the rings it's we are literally seeing the manifestation of the fantasies that we once loved 
in the destruction of the entities themselves. It's it's beautiful, I think, and uh, it's wow. horrific. That's deep as fuck. I never thought about it that way, actually. It's oh man, we could do a whole show on Lord of the Rings. And, uh, <laughs> you went deep with it there. That's one of those deep thoughts. Remember, I don't know if you remember. You were a little younger than Jack Handy. Yeah, you favorite. do remember. There you go, <laughs> dude. I used to. I, I had those whole books memorized, dude. I read those every day in middle school. Holy shit, they're so good. Um, anyway, uh, tell people where they can find you. There was something else I was going to ask, but I think uh, I think we uh, buttoned it up here uh, pretty good. Now you host a show every day. You mentioned that earlier. What's that all about? I do. I host a morning show every day, 8 to 11 a.m. Central Standard Time, Infowars.com and Band.video. You can watch it live there. You may be able to catch it on your radio, stay on your local radio station. Uh, it's called American Journal, Band.video. It'll it'll be up there. Click the, the live button, and it's a call-in show. So if you want to call in and give us a shout, please do. You can follow me on Twitter at Harrison underscore of underscore TX. Uh, that's basically the only social media I use, and InfoWarsStore.com is where you go to support us. So go Very there good. and uh, buy a shirt or a supplement or some storable food. Our store, storable food, 25% off, and it's some of the best mac and cheese you've ever tasted. Really? It makes craft taste like dirt. It's, it's beautiful, all-natural, delicious mac and cheese wow. that will sit in your closet for 20 years Unless you get hungry one night and want to eat it, and oh, which, so it's a win-win situation, and it's very cheap, and it will keep you alive and us on the air. So, Infowars store. I might have to order some and test it here on air. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Him do that. Oh, by the way, real quick before you go, I do see a super super chat for Harrison. What is your per, per, uh, opinion of Ramsey Paul? Would he be someone you would like to have on as a guest on your show or be a guest on his show? Ethan and I both think he is great. Well, I do think he's great. Uh, I would agree with that, but not to put you on the spot here or anything. But he paid me five dollars to ask you that. So. No, I love Ramsey Paul. I think he is a very, very brilliant man. I think he has a, like, I'm always surprised by his his takes. Like, he'll, he'll cover topics that everybody else is covering and have a totally unique take that comes from a very centered place. I, I really, really like Ramsey Paul uh, quite a bit, actually. I, I would have him on the show for sure. I like him a lot and a nice guy, a nice Killstream guest. Just like this gentleman right here, Harrison Smith. Thank you so much, sir, for coming on tonight. Uh, get your rest, and we'll see you tomorrow on American Journal and again on the Killstream and in Dallas, Texas, for the Killstream Kingpin Invitational April 2nd. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much, man. See you later. All right, I'll see you later. Uh, the great Harrison Smith. Very kind of him to come on here this evening. Oh, now let me see if I can turn the image back on. There we go. Thank you, Harrison. All right, now I will. There he goes. He did it. He hung up on his own. Okay, now shout out to him. Man, that's one of my favorite guys around, actually. Just a nice dude. I make sure. I hope I didn't miss any. If they did, they must. Man, see, you put it in right at the end. I should have turned it on. Damn it. I mean, you put it in five minutes ago. Well, you know what? Damn you, Philip. <laughs> Black Philip sent $3. Harrison, your take on Blue Anon? It's just as retarded as Q. They believe all of us are getting feel bucks and Russia bucks to become dissents. They also think the USA is a fascist nation controlled by descendants of Nazi German elite. WTF. Thank you for that. Sorry. Uh, I did say I was going to turn it back on, but I scanned it like two or three times. And I was like, oh, okay, I don't see anything. Let me just do the finale here. And then I saw the entropy. I'd seen it before, so I remembered that. And then I looked back at the end, and I said, I, I was thinking, I was like, I bet you somebody sent something in while I was doing the farewell. <laughs> sure enough, 
That's exactly what happened. Dallas, Texas. I can't stress enough how much fun we're going to have there. It's my first IRL event. Uh, several tickets have been sold since Friday's program. Get your tickets now. Uh, Killstream.live slash bowl. Uh, I did do a little promo at the beginning of the show, so I won't overdo it, but uh, we had one of the participants here. Uh, I'm probably, I haven't talked to Dick about this. I imagine I'm going to try to go on his show if he'll have me, which I think he probably will. Excuse me, probably will. Um, Maybe, I don't know if it'll be, I'm thinking either this week or maybe the week after uh, AFPAC. I don't know. Or maybe like a short call this week and the next one. I don't know. I'm going to try to call on his show and promote it. Go on some other shows maybe uh, and promote it maybe. We'll see. Um, but, yeah, I'm really excited in case you can't tell. Also, I made it so big. There we go. That's a little better. That's a little better. All right. Uh, yeah, the stream, I have gotten buffering complaints about the Odyssey stream tonight, and I did ask about it. I don't know why. Let's see. Yeah, it probably is then. Uh, okay. Let's see. I won't say what he saw, told me because I don't know if that's public knowledge, but um, should be uh, hopefully uh, corrected at some point. <laughs> I guess that's what I'll say there. Encouraging news that I got, but. Uh, all right, power chat's on. What are we going to do? Finish uh, Novak's? Man, it's hot as fuck in here. I got to I gotta turn the air on, but let's turn on Novak's first. We'll watch some more of that. We started the show early, so I've already been on the air. Well, I was going to say three, but we didn't start at, uh, we didn't start at eight. We started at nine, so I've been on the air two hours, not three. Uh, where's Novak's? I'll play that again uh, for a bit, and definitely for a second while I get up and turn the air on. Man, I got to figure out what's making my air conditioner louder ever since that snow i mentioned this it's been like you can hear it a little bit on air so i try to turn it off but it gets so hot in here because i got these two big lights i got two screens right here a camera a mixer the computer itself uh all kinds of shit so it gets hot and i understand that not being vaccinated today i you know I'm unable to travel to most of the tournaments at the moment. And, and that's the price you're willing to pay? I, that, that is the price that I'm and willing to pay. Do yes. you have a particular concern about this vaccine or a general view that if you have to take a vaccine, it says something bad about your approach to your own health? No, I don't have uh, anything against the general approach to vaccines. I had vaccines when I was a kid. I just feel that uh, currently we don't, I just don't have enough information about this vaccine. And as an elite athlete, I am very mindful of what I put into my body. And I made a decision that I don't want to get vaccinated at the moment. Where does this come from? I'm so fascinated because I can see that you believe extremely strongly in the sanctity and the sovereignty of the individual and the individual's right to choose where does that come from why do you think like this what do you mean where does it come from well where does it come from the enlightenment you fucking where does that come from i don't know pick up a book you fucking dumb fucker it perhaps it has something to do with um with my upbringings. Uh, yeah. The fuck kind of question is that? Oh, yeah, I checked the filter. It could be a fucked bearing. Okay, I'll look into that, actually. Thank you for saying that. 
during 90s when I started playing tennis. It just sounds like a little bit of a grind uh, from the air conditioner. I don't, it runs fine still. Like, it still gets this motherfucker cold as fuck. But it was after some snow had set on top of it. And it just, it's kind of loud now. We had two wars, um, and we had... Hold on, I'll pause it. Listen and tell me how loud it is. You can hear it, though, because I can hear it. So there's no doubt you can. Just waiting in line for bread and milk. It was a very difficult time for my family, and I chose... Where do you get this individual choice thing from, Novak's? That is one of the most expensive sports and very um, unaffordable sport for for a lot of people. And, and my parents uh, had to endure a lot of hardships in order to allow me to live my dream. And my cigar also went out. I was traveling, I had to uh, very quickly mature and be. Honestly, that's the most ridiculous question. <laughs> I saw Dick Richie said, "I can't believe he even asked that." I can't either, really. Take care of myself because I could not travel with my father. Or with my, you know, family members or coaches. So many of the tournaments I, I traveled alone. So you became self-reliant. So I, I came yeah, exactly. I became self-reliant from very early on, and uh, I, I think that helped me to really, um, you know, establish my own character from very early on. And, That's exactly uh, right. Nice on system said it right there. Individualism is the very thing all of these our values democracy fuckers screed about all the time, but not if you go against their type of system. That's right. Hold my ground. What you're outlining is a classic tension in, in political philosophy, which is individual freedom and the right to choose versus the collective good. And often in life, they come into tension with each other. Do you accept that what might be good Where'd for you... get these dangerous ideas from, Novaks? ...may be harmful to the collective welfare. If one person chooses not to get vaccinated, what that the might fuck? undermine the collective good. I respect and, and I... <laughs> fully support someone, you know, thinking a certain way. Everyone is entitled to their opinion. Why would I need an AC in the winter? Um, well, honestly, because this room captures heat so well and I have to heat the rest of the house that it gets super-duper hot in here. Uh, and also open a window, well, it's like it gets to be like 20, 30 degrees here. So that doesn't really. Everyone is entitled and have a fundamental human right to choose whatever they want to put in their body. And I yes. just hope that people will choose, will respect what I chose. The immigration minister, Alex Hawke, who cancelled your visa the second time, uh, said that you were potentially going to inspire anti-vax sentiment. And the, the judges who unanimously upheld his decision said, and I quote, an iconic world tennis star may influence people of all ages, young or old, but perhaps especially the young and impressionable to emulate him. This is not fantastic. Wow, so this is... I didn't even realize that that was the actual justification that they use, that this guy might be, you know, influencing people. <laughs> That's what they use. I uh, see somebody else says it's the condenser fan. Okay, trust. Well, how do I fix that then? Fanciful, they said. It does not need evidence. What do you say to that? Well, I completely disagree with, with that perception, um, and I'm really sad and disappointed that... Uh, I was deported on those bases from Australia. Um, I don't know what more I can say. But you I, do inspire people, don't you? You inspire young people. I, I do inspire people, but I never inspired people to um, go out, out on the streets and, and protest uh, and, and be part oh, of Oh, I got to spray it with WD? Oh, that's where Big Tech Onion says WD-40 fixes almost everything, which is true. Spray it with WD-40. Okay, I'll look up some fixes on that because I really need to fix it. And it works fine other than that. So it's like, 
the AC still works. Like honestly, my first instinct was to just say get a new get a new one. It's like one hundred and fifty dollars or whatever. But it's like okay, I just had to pay four grand to my fucking attorney. <sighs> I'm probably gonna have to pay another four grand before it's over with, or more. Jesus Christ. Family court, ladies and gentlemen. Anti-vax, I never inspired that. What do you say directly to anti-vaccination campaigners around the world who proudly declare Novak Djokovic is one of us? I say that everyone has the right to, to choose to act or say whatever they feel. Is now, I didn't let that stop them. me from buying a new humidor, but, uh, you know, the AC still works, right? And I have never said that I'm part of that movement. You know, no one in the whole process during where should I spray it? Australian trust? saga has. I'll look up some fixes on my videos. stance or my opinion on vaccination. No one. So I could not really express, you know, what I feel and where my stance is. Neither in the legal process, neither outside. So I, it's, it's really unfortunate that there has been this kind of misconception and wrong conclusion that has been made. Uh, around the world uh, based based upon you know something that i completely disagree with i'm not here to it's funny wd-40 also works against covid with you but i do want to understand you better and i can imagine listening to you that your experience in that detention hotel was far from pleasant can you just talk us through what it was like and, well definitely it wasn't pleasant but you know <laughs> I don't want to be sit here and, 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 and complaining about conditions in that detention center because I stayed seven days uh, around seven days and, and some people there have stayed for Home years. improvement starring yeah. Ethan Toolman Rock. <laughs> it's like a grinding or buzzing. It almost certainly is the compressor fan because when, when he said that and I started looking it up, it says it's like a... Loose belt, maybe, or something grinding against something else. What's making the AC compressor grinder noise? I do see a lot of posts about that. It's deeply touched me. Um, what people are you a fucking air conditioning repairman? Detention center in, in, in Melbourne are going through, and uh, so you know, my my hardship was not which is probably one of the best gigs you could get, by the way. Air conditioner repairman, no shit. Deeply touched me. Um, what people in the detention center in, in, in Melbourne are going through, and uh. So, you know, my, my hardship was nothing close to what these people are going through. Did you feel powerless? Yes, I did feel powerless. I, when I arrived, I, you know, I was not allowed to use my phone for three, four hours. It was the middle of the night from 1 a.m. to 9 a.m. I uh, didn't get any sleep because I, I was going through questioning every 30 minutes, basically. And then, of course, I stayed there for four, four or five days before the, the first court hearing. Um, I was hoping for a good result, and we, the visa was reinstated, uh, first revoked and reinstated and revoked again. So I was Crazy. free for four days, and I was training. But it was not a, a regular kind of training uh, days that I, that I would normally have prior to the Grand Slam competition. I had helicopters flying uh, uh, you know, above the every single training session that I had on Rod Laver Arena. Uh, cameras all over the place um, also my colleagues and and that that really hurt me a lot you know because I, I I felt that energy and that those looks from from my colleagues and people that were in in the tennis facility and 
obviously I understand that they had a perception that was based on what they were seeing from media reports and I wasn't able or I wasn't going out in, in media because of what I previously said in respecting the legal process and respecting Australian Open. And but at, at that time, I really wanted to speak to everyone and, and give my explanation. And so because I, I, I greatly care about the relationships with people, particularly the people that hopefully I'll be able to see for many years to come, because they're my colleagues, they're my peers, they're people that I see probably at times more than my family. So um, it was a very uncomfortable feeling that I had during those days. Let's look to the future. You let's let's look stand, to the future. You don't have enough clarity about the... When you get deported, fucker. I can't believe this interview. ...vaccine in order to let it enter your body. If that changes, if you get enough new information that persuades you that it's not going to cause you harm, which you don't want, would you be prepared to change your mind? There is always a possibility that things will change in the future. As of today, this is my kind of my decision and uh, my stance for it. And I will, you know, suffer the consequences of not traveling to the tournaments. But hopefully the things will be able to, to, to change in the future. And I keep my mind open and, you know, we'll see what happens. And longer term, are you hoping that the international regulations change and ease in order to let you travel to these tournaments? I sincerely hope so, because I, I would really love to play tennis because this is, this is what I do. I'm a professional tennis player. But as things stand, if this means that you miss the French Open, is that a price you'd be willing to pay? Yes, that is the price that I'm willing to pay. Uh, at the moment, of course, I hope that things will change, but I'm also hoping that uh, I can play for many more years. So um, taking care of my body has always been the highest priority and because I know that that's going to be give me longevity. And I'm, I'm certain that if there is still that flair and passion and love for the game in me and if I take care of my body, I'll be able to have many more opportunities to play the tournaments that I miss. And if it means that you miss Wimbledon this year, again, that's a price you're willing to pay? Yes. Ultimately, are you prepared to forego... It's the part we played earlier. ...the chance to be the greatest player that ever picked up a racket, statistically? Because you feel so strongly about this jab? Yes. Ha! I do. Why, Novak? Why, Novak? Why? Why do you... <laughs> Why do you have a code that you live by? Why are you not just a shapeshifter like me, spineless jellyfish? I do. Why, Novak? Why? Why? Because the principles of uh, decision-making on my body uh, are more important than any title. That smile, hold on, go back. We need to say it again. You're right. We need to say that smile again. The chance to be the greatest player that ever picked up a racket. Statistically, because you feel so strongly about this jab. Yes. <laughs> Based as fuck. Look at that smile. There's no doubt in his mind. He doesn't have any. Maybe I should do this. No. Yes, I'm fine with it. Based fucking smile. And a nod. I do. Why, no fact. Why, Novak? Why? Because the principles of uh, decision-making on my body uh, are more important than any title. 
or anything else. But do you understand why a lot of people looking at you with admiration, what you've achieved, you're still only 34, you've got a lot of tennis ahead of you, would find this baffling. They'd say they've had the jab, they've been triple jabbed, it didn't hurt, it didn't affect them, they didn't have after effects. Here's a guy who could win 30 grand slams, but he might end up with 21, 22, 23, because he feels so strongly about this principle of the right to choose. Can you understand why people find that? By the way, okay, why don't you ask these abortionists that question? You know, they feel pretty strongly about it too, but they just, everybody lets them kill their baby, no question asked. About this principle of the right to choose. Can you understand why people Why do you find care that? about the right to choose, I Novak? I, I truly understand and respect. And, and I hope that they can respect, if they cannot understand, at least respect my decision they to won't. do so. It, given your yeah, you see how much this guy respects it. Finals. It must have been a strange experience for you watching Rafa Nadal against Medvedev in the uh, Australian Open final. What was it like to watch the uh, final? Presumably, you saw it on TV. I didn't want to watch the match because I, I, I felt. Say, why would he watch that? Did this dude just say that to troll him? Of course, he didn't watch that. The fuck? I wanted to be on the court. It was really hard for me to 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 watch and participate in a match in any way so i was very neutral i didn't cheer for anyone oh he did watch it okay i, I wanted to be there so, so badly but i was amused by um uh, the circumstances <laughs> that i was experiencing of uh my my wife was cheering for medvedev my son was cheering for 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 nadal and and every point that rafa would make uh, stefan would be jumping around and fist pumping like rafa and, and but if you were, funny. if you were playing against nadal he would support you over nadal right <laughs> Yes, I mean, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. But he asked me, he asked me a few days ago uh, when so. I was putting him to sleep, um, when is the next tournament? Oh, by the way, Via 80, I hope you're still here, man. I saw that earlier. Thank you for that clip. If we don't play it tonight, I'll play it tomorrow on the sunrise for sure. That looks like a great breakdown of the uh, Durham report. The only reason I might not play it tonight is because we've done, this is our long video for tonight. I know we had a guest and stuff too, so it's not like this is all we've done, but. If I don't play it tonight, I'll for sure play it tomorrow. So I see you there. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. I hope you're still here. You are going to participate and play where Rafa is going to be also. And I said, I, well, I'm not sure. I, I hope very soon. And I said, why are you asking me that? He said, because I would really love to make a photo with Rafa. <laughs> I said, we'll arrange that, I'm sure. I'm sure you can get yeah. that done. Look, you're, you're 34. You have a lot of tennis and life ahead of you. What do you want your legacy to be? You know, I've been blessed with the amazing results that I've made throughout my career. I hope that I can still continue to, to make records, break records in the future. Um, but it's not the most essential thing of why I, and reason why I still play tennis. I play tennis because I still feel connection with the inner child, the four-year-old boy that took a racket and said, you know, I love this sport. I want to play it all day. I still do it in, in my center today being in a role of a player and a coach and a mentor at the same time. I spent most of my time being in Serbia here in this tennis center. I'm coaching kids of different ages on the court. Uh, and I always encourage them to ask questions because it's important. You know, uh, you're not supposed to know everything, but if you draw the strength and the motivation from the right source, which for me is always the passion and love for the game, you will always find that necessary energy to deal with hardships on and off the court throughout your career there we go novak Djokovic, or novaks as we've been calling them uh there's the clip from earlier we played but that was the whole interview
Hillary Clinton dodges questions. Daily Mail reporter yelled at her, apparently. Let's see what that looks like. Well, that's in New York for sure. Hillary, Laura Collins, Daily Mail, did you pay to spy on the Trump campaign? <laughs> Good morning, Hillary. Hillary, Laura Collins, Daily Mail, did you pay to spy on the Trump campaign? What are you going to comment on the spying allegations, Hillary? Did you pay for to have them spied on? No comment there from Hill Dog. Then here's this gay dude. This guy, I remember him because the Gropers used to make fun of him, and I'm pretty sure I made fun of him too. Gay dude. I think he used to work, yeah, he used to work for DC Examiner. Or he still does, I guess. Brad Palumbo, this is a uh, modern GOP. Justin Trudeau may be a commie, but he's still a snack, is what uh, this guy said. Sad. Sad. His brain is warped from so many years of being a degenerate. I guess he just couldn't. Based politics. <laughs> Didn't Nick make fun of this too, I think? It seems like he did. I'm pretty sure I saw him. Like uh, The reason I remember is because I think I remember seeing this logo. Based politics. Based politics from the guy who wants to suck off Justin Trudeau, wow, how based. What in the world? What the? I can't get over that. Based politics. A bunch of cool people over there. I'm almost tempted to pull it up, honestly. I had no plans to do so whatsoever, but I'm kind of interested now. Based politics. Where's the fucking show? I thought you got to do the show. Okay. Oh, no. What is this? I'm not sure I can do this. So if oh. For those that don't know, AOC got in a little bit of controversy over the weekend. I don't know how you feel. By the way, who is this bitch? This doesn't look... Hold on, is this the same person? What did they do to her face in the promo? Wow, false advertising. Who is that? What in the world? What in the fuck? Did they change her face for the for the ad? Is this 100 pounds ago? What happened? What is this, Zweebo? Are you seeing this? <laughs> Unbelievable. Okay, there she is on the screen. That can't be her face. Okay, hold on. What the fuck? Hold up, dude. Holy shit. Oh, they said somebody said low budget bullshit. I mean, it is the kill stream has higher production values than this, but you would think with all their fucking globalist money, they could put on a little bit better. But what? I'm worried about her face, though. This seems like something. Maybe she's does she have an illness? If there's something, yeah, she, we got catfish here. I was actually it was the one thing I was gonna say is maybe there's a hot piece of ass on the show at least, but uh, 
as Trump would say, what, what was he saying? It doesn't really matter what they write about you in the papers as long as you got a nice piece of ass at home, which there's a lot of truth to that, honestly. This is not a nice piece of ass, though. Why would they do this to us? That's what player one just said. I agree. You couldn't at least get a babe on there? What the fuck? Anyway. Jesus. Woo. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. That's not the same person. It can't be. She has a different nose. Lips are not the same. Face, all this is different. About it here, and I'm a little curious because she is somebody who supports, you know, mask mandates and teachers unions closing schools and uh, vaccine passports in New York City. She supports all of that. Yet she's down in Florida right now, which the is cokes aren't sitting their best. That's that true. Under Governor Ron DeSantis, a Republican, she's down there having a nice time with her boyfriend. You know, eating outside. Uh, she's was pictured maskless at a very crowded outdoor drag bar, having a blast. And it's certainly not the worst political hypocrisy we've seen. Um, like we saw like people. This is terrible. Will get busted, literally breaking their own rules and violating the law they made. AOC is not breaking any laws. She's not breaking her own rules. But I think it is a bit hypocritical. Okay, yeah. Thank you. <sighs> Brad reacts to cringe socialist TikToks. The IRS is trash. That's one of his videos. Wow. What a what a uh what a brave take. What a brave take, the IRS. The IRS is trash. Oh, I never would have uh, I never would have expected that from you, sir. Based politics. More like two faced politics. What in the fuck is <laughs> I can't get over that. I'm trying to find something that I could play that would be funny, even from just like a cringe aspect. And I think we've got all we can get out of it just by looking at her face. Like I just maybe the TikTok. Hey everybody, I'm Brad Palumbo, and you're watching Brad Reacts, a series sponsored by Fee, where we react to and debunk the craziest and cringiest political content that's going viral on social media. Today, we're taking a look at some progressive takes from TikTok about inflation, and some of them are a little bit uh, out there. Let's get into the first crazy inflation TikTok. We made up these arbitrary numbers, and then we said we can't print more, or else the It'll, it'll be worthless. How okay, now this is kind of funny. <laughs> we can't print more or else it'll be worthless. And then we said, well, yeah, we can't print that's more. how it works. It's a very basic concept. You don't really have to be that smart to figure it out. <laughs> By the way, there's a big protest in New Zealand. I can watch that in a minute. Or, or else the it'll, it'll be worthless. How about just don't let it be worthless? How about just don't tell anybody or just like don't let it happen? We literally made this up. Don't this let is this a happen. Construct. We made up. Just don't let it inflate. Okay, stop. Don't let stop. it inflate. No, that... Okay, you ought to know about inflation. All right, excuse me. <clears throat> Sorry. It's Jerome Powell over here. Yeah, just don't let it inflate. 
average Biden voter. Yeah, that was a woman moment for sure. Do we have the sticker? Yeah, we do. Wow, what an exciting stream they have here. Here is uh, Kiev's Maiden Square. Oh, it's really pretty there. Watch the Hacka dance. I don't know what that is. All right, I've seen enough of you, Ukraine. The Hacka dance. Oh. Oh, I have seen that. Don't the, isn't that like, uh, don't they call that racist or some shit? Oh, no, that's the shit that their rugby team does. Yeah, I've seen that. That's the, what do they call them, the all blacks? They're not black, by the way, but I think it's the all blacks, right? Something like that. Something like that. No, it's not racist. You're right. It's the, it's the dance that they do. Who was it that made it? Was it Eastwood? Who did that new New Zealand soccer movie? Uh, who was it? Not soccer, but uh, who was it that did that movie? It was Eastwood, right? Invictus, yeah. I know my films, ladies and gentlemen. And now the All Blacks, just waiting for the French to peel off the tracksuits, stand in front of them, and receive the challenge of the Hucker. This is the dance, by the way. Okay, get it started. Just do the fucking dance, will you? What the fuck? Oh, here we go. Not racist, just gay. Sounds like something Brad Palumbo would enjoy. Oh, they did it out. Did they do it out, like, at the protest? Is that what you're talking about? They did. It looks kind of menacing in this context. Those don't look like Jacinda supporters. Holy shit, it's wild, too. Last of the cavemen. I did say we we're going to play a Tucker clip later, though. You knew that we probably would. Good evening and welcome to Tucker Carlson. Tonight, a lot happening in the news. Here's one item that we noticed. Canada canceled democracy last night. And the remarkable thing is no one in this country seemed to notice that it happened. There was no outcry from our political class as their friend Justin Trudeau declared martial law in response to an entirely peaceful protest from his country's working class. Our news media barely noted that it happened. Weirdest of all, the State Department, which exists these days to denounce such attackers of democracy as Hungary and Poland, didn't say a single word as democracy in Canada ended. 
That's pretty weird if you think about it. Canada is not some exotic faraway land with an alien culture and an unintelligible language. It's not Ukraine. Well, Canada is our neighbor. It's our trading partner. Canada is our closest ally on Earth. Speak a lot of French. Part there. of our country. Our vice president grew up in Canada. So did half of our comedians and actors and singers. Our border with Canada is the longest border in the world. It stretches more than 5,500 miles. So on every level, we are deeply intertwined with Canada, whether we notice it or not. What happens there matters here. If nothing else, it's a preview of what will likely happen in the United States. So with that in mind, you should know that Justin Trudeau is no longer the prime minister of Canada. Justin Trudeau is Canada's maximum leader. It's strong man, it's cardio, it's potentate. <laughs> Justin Trudeau is the dictator of Canada. If you think that's an overstatement, try to think of another way to describe what Justin Trudeau is now doing. For the first time in Canada's history, Trudeau has invoked what's known as the Emergencies Act, though the protests he is facing hardly qualify as an emergency. But suddenly, Justin Trudeau has the power to crush all political opposition. Cardio, yeah, I caught that too. And that's exactly what he's doing. Trudeau has ended free speech in Canada. He's banned free assembly. Trudeau's government has shut down political rallies and arrested his political critics without probable cause. Trudeau has instituted internal passports that restrict travel within Canada to the politically obedient. Canadians are no longer allowed to leave their own country unless they obey Justin Trudeau. And if they don't obey, they could be bankrupted and destroyed. He now has the power to do that. Trudeau has claimed the power to freeze the financial assets of any Canadian who resists him. No court order is required to do this. He just decides. Justin Trudeau can even dictate what you do for a living and how you do it. Today, Trudeau threatened to arrest tow truck drivers who refused to tow the truck. I saw that, and I forgot to mention that earlier. Is this really about stopping the spread of coronavirus? No one in Canada is even pretending that it is anymore. Trudeau himself didn't mention the risk of COVID a single time yesterday. He's not worried about unvaccinated truckers spreading a virus. By the way, shout out to the couple people who bought tickets uh, to the Killstream Kingpin Invitational, killstream.live slash bowl. They bought it during the show. Uh, It's open. You can do so if you'd like. I just want to thank them if they're still listening. Canadians resisting his rule. That's why Trudeau's government announced yesterday they plan to regulate cryptocurrency forever. Watch. We are broadening the scope of Canada's anti-money laundering and terrorist financing rules so that they cover crowdfunding platforms and the payment service providers they use. These changes cover all forms of transactions, including digital assets, such as cryptocurrencies. The illegal blockades have highlighted the fact that crowdfunding platforms and some of the payment service providers they use are not fully captured under the Proceeds of Crime and Terrorist Financing Act. Oh, the Terrorist Financing Act. So that was a law passed to defeat al-Qaeda. Now it's being used to stop law-abiding Canadians, middle-class people, students, truck drivers. Yeah, we kind of talked about this earlier with the Patriot Act here, and we've talked about it for many weeks and months on the show. Uh, Remember, I think it was last week where I read out all those new um, DHS policies and stuff, and basically it was the criteria... Uh, for surveilling, uh, you know, people, undesirables, audience here pretty much. Uh. Their earnings from the total mismanagement of Canada's central bank. Justin Trudeau has wrecked the Canadian economy. 
But thanks to the Terrorist Financing Act, there's no escape from the consequences. Canadians are going to have to live with the consequences of Justin Trudeau's fiscal recklessness, whether they want to or not. Otherwise, they're terrorists. It shouldn't surprise you that Trudeau's first move in the face of a trucker protest was to clamp down on cryptocurrency. Democrats will try this in this country, guaranteed. They'll tell us Bitcoin is a Russian plot. CNN will dutifully back them up. Watch it happen. But at the same time, you've got to wonder, since we're speaking of terrorism, what happened to the actual terrorists? Those do exist. How is Justin Trudeau treating them? Well, let's see. A few years ago, Justin Trudeau gave more than $10 million in taxpayer money oh, in a settlement to a self-described al-Qaeda soldier called Omar Khadr. Khadr murdered a U.S. Army sergeant. Now, murdering a U.S. Army sergeant is bad, but it's not as bad as criticizing Justin Trudeau. So Trudeau did not freeze Cotter's bank account. Instead, he just made him rich and moved on. When anti-Christian arsonists burned more than 50 Catholic churches across Canada, Justin Trudeau did not declare an emergency. Instead, he issued a statement sympathizing with them. Quote, it is fully understandable, Trudeau said, given the shameful history we are all becoming more aware of. What? You're beginning to see how this works? In a dictatorship, the only real crime is opposing the regime. So how did all of this happen so quickly in a country as nice and moderate as Canada? Well, it happened the way that it always happened. It happened with maximum aggression and limited popular support. Justin Trudeau won re-election last year with less than a third of the national vote. In fact, he finished the election behind his main competitor, the Conservative Party. Thanks to quirks in the parliamentary system, Trudeau took power anyway, and he immediately began to crack down on anyone who opposed him. Trudeau had relatively few supporters, but they turned out to be the right supporters. They were the people with power. The woman, for example, you just saw announcing the crackdown on cryptocurrency is Canada's deputy prime minister. But before she was that, she was a long time yes. including in our country. She's yes, the, thank God. He's the only one I've seen talking about this. Deputy prime minister. But before she Literally, was that, he's the only one. Besides me, I've been talking about it because I remember the bitch. I used to be. So we watch um, the media a lot on this show. Uh, and the reason is I like critiquing the media, uh, and I've always liked that. But I used to watch them not just on this show, and my other show. I would just I was just always watching cable news, uh, basically, and especially especially back when I was younger, it was MSNBC usually. Uh, honestly, when I was a young uh, progressive, quote unquote. Although I never used that term because I always thought that was gay. I thought liberal was just fine, but. Um. But, yeah, I used to watch this shit back when my brain was completely warped all the time. And she was on TV all the time, usually on Hardball and MSNBC. She was a longtime journalist, including in our country. She used to write for the Washington Post. Tucker used She's to work there. married yeah, to a New York true. Times reporter. Why is that relevant? Well, because up and down this story, you see the starring role that media organizations have played in the death of Canadian democracy. Third culture, thank you, brother. Example. Somebody Appreciate you on Odyssey. Somebody hacked the database of the crowdfunding website, Give Fund Go, and then revealed the names of people who donated to the truckers protesting in Ottawa. you got to ask yourself, who would have the tech savvy and the political motive to do something like that? Well, state intelligence agencies would. In fact, we can't really think of anybody else. It would certainly be interesting to Whoa. find out who did it. It's a big part of the story. Whoa, Tucker, be careful. seriously uninterested in finding out who did it. Instead, they immediately started using this stolen information to intimidate the donors. Anyone who dared to send money to Justin Trudeau's political opponents was unmasked in public, shamed, and of course inevitably threatened, because that's what happens. Trudeau's state TV channel, the CBC, has been working on this retribution project all day long. 
They knew who their enemies are, and they knew who their master is. It's Justin Trudeau. But Canada's National Post newspaper is doing the same thing. The National Post is supposedly independent of the government, but they're still doing it. In this country, Vice Media, to its great and eternal shame, has been doing the same thing. So what do all of these media companies have in common? Well, they're all square. Vice Media is like one of the most malign influences on on Earth, probably. ...side of entrenched power against the population they supposedly serve. That's the opposite of what journalism was designed to do. But at this point, it is the rule, not just in the United States, but around the world. Reporters and politicians and big business all align against voters, against you. Tucker, that sounds like malinformation. (laughs) Earlier this week, the CBC warned Canadians that the word freedom has, quote, become common among far-right groups. So only QAnon wants freedom. Remember that the next time you complain about Justin Trudeau. Media organizations have been agitating against democracy for years now, even as they've posed loudly as its greatest defenders. In February of 2020, at the beginning of the pandemic, Vice Media ran this headline. Anti-vaxxers are terrified the government will enforce a vaccine for coronavirus. Anti-vax groups on social media are claiming that the spread of the disease will lead to mandatory vaccinations and unlimited How could they say such a thing? Yeah. Shit, I hit my mic, sorry. Those conspiracy nuts. Now that all of that has actually happened, Vice has not apologized and said Vice is helping Justin Trudeau to hurt anyone who complains about it. In October of that same year, 2020, the CBC warned Canadians about a, quote, disinformation campaign that, quote, falsely suggests Canadians will be forcibly sent to quarantine sites. A few months later, as if on cue, the Trudeau government began forcibly sending Canadians to quarantine sites. But the CBC never apologized for promoting what turned out to be disinformation. Instead, they set about enforcing Justin Trudeau's latest decrees. They see that as their job. So, by the way, it is the so-called academic community. These are the university professors who've been granted lifetime job security precisely so they can think for themselves, freely, independent from government control. And yet, in practice, no one is more controlled by the government than they are. Here's a professor from Canada's Carleton University, that's an institution heavily funded by Justin Trudeau, telling CNN's viewers how dangerous and immoral it is to criticize Justin Trudeau in any way. Watch. I think it's important to remember that at the core of this protest, uh, you know, it's, it was never really about mandates in the first place. It's always been about a small group of people who called for a, car, a convoy, who hold very uh, anti-government views, and, and as well as kind of a racist and white supremacist views, conspiratorial worldviews. Oh, they hold anti-government views. That's the crime. But isn't holding anti-government views allowed in a democracy? In fact, isn't the measure of democratic government the degree to which you're allowed to question the people in charge? Well, that used to be the definition of democracy. It's not anymore, certainly not on CNN. The CNN anchor who heard that just nodded. Yes, it is indeed a scary problem when Canadians disagree with Justin Trudeau. Arrest them. On MSNBC, which is less subtle but a lot more straightforward most of the time, they're telling Justin Trudeau to stop with the half measures. The problem with Canada is it's not authoritarian enough Time to get the stick and start hurting people. Watch this. 
I do have to ask one question, though, about oh, the boy. liberal prime minister in Canada. Oh. Seriously. Well. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If I'm a mayor or I'm a prime minister, your trucks get in my city street, mm-hmm. they're not going to stay there a week. Yeah. No, no, no. Okay. No, they're not going to stay. There's going to be somebody with a stick, <laughs> and it's going to be banging on the window. It's going to say, you got one or two options. You can move this thing, or we're going to cuff you and take you to jail, and we're going to impound this, and we're going to find your company. Move it or lose it. So, move it or lose it. Settle down, tough guy. <laughs> it's interesting. It's always the very same people who call for violence. It's almost like it excites them. That's not a good sign. So clearly there is an appetite for Canadian-style tyranny in this country. So the question is, how long till we get it? Well, let's see. This morning we learned that American intelligence agencies are trying to censor a financial website called Zero Hedge. Unnamed sources from Joe Biden's intel community that Zero Hedge was, quote, spreading Russian propaganda, by which they meant criticizing Joe Biden. We can't have that. So how long before they pull Zero Hedge off the Internet? How long before they try the same thing with Joe Biden's many other critics in the media, all of whom, we can tell you firsthand, have also been accused of working for Vladimir Putin? And when that does happen, when these voices are silenced, what will we call it then? CNN will, of course, describe it as a necessary national security measure, but it's not that. Joe Scarborough, the toughest guy in the room. And by the way, since when does the CIA get to decide what websites Americans read? Are there any civil libertarians left in this country? Old-fashioned liberals, anyone? What do they think of this? Maybe they don't notice it. In their defense, it's hard to notice sometimes with leaders like Joe Biden and Justin Trudeau. They don't look very threatening. They're not the Hollywood version of fascist. Look at Justin Trudeau. He's absurd. The 70s haircut, all those little outfits where he feels like playing dress up. He doesn't look dangerous. He looks ridiculous. <laughs> but maybe Justin Trudeau is smarter than he looks. Leaders like Biden and Trudeau avoid the usual tells. They don't use armies to invade other countries, for example. Instead, they promote color revolutions and control foreign governments from afar. That's exactly what they did in Ukraine, which became a far more repressive place once Joe Biden began running it. And he does run Ukraine, make no mistake. That's what they do. This new class of dictators seizes power incrementally through the bureaucracy. They never raise their voices. They don't wave their arms. They smile and they tell you they're protecting democracy and public health. They praise diversity, even as they demand conformity. They're entirely passive aggressive. But they're no less dangerous. One morning you wake up and they've canceled your job and seized your bank account for the crime of disagreeing with them. This is the architecture of tyranny. And it's not just happening in Canada. It's happening here in the United States. It will be used against us. Bet on it. Hey, Sean. I knew that was going to be the last line. Well, I don't necessarily disagree with you there. Defiant L's. Shout to Tucker for that segment. Breaking a message from Defiant L's whose account was suspended on Twitter. By the way. Absolutely one of the best Twitter followers. I don't think that's a controversial statement. Just so good. And just beating them over the head with their own commentary. Uh, so here's what Defiant L said. If you're on Twitter all the time like I am, you probably know this account anyway. Said, hey, Twitter, so about an hour ago, my account at Defiant L's was suspended. The word currently is, quote, ban evasion, though I've never had an account suspended, so I've never had a ban to evade. This is what they usually use when they just want to take you out for no rhyme or reason regardless i've appealed the suspension and will keep everyone updated until then i can be found on instagram at defiant.ls and also on getter at defiant l's yeah getter sucks i'm not going on there 
Thanks for all the support and kind words. I hope to chat with you all again soon. You know, Getter has still not got my account back. I swear to God, I think they just did that. Like, they did take over the the idiot uh, who stole it. But they didn't give it back to me. Fucking assholes. Let's see. It has me on there, and I'm verified. And it says I haven't posted. There are people on there. But they won't let me post. And they had somebody else taking it over. Let's see. I'm looking at shit and somehow I'm ta- I'm tagging all kinds of shit. I see people. Pat Dixon's on here. It's actually him. The fuck? I can't get on here. Anyway, fuck getter. Motherfuckers. I talked to him. And they said they were going to give me my account back, and they did get rid of the fake guy. Yeah, I'm not too enthused to be on there anyway after they threw Nick off for no reason and some other people too that I like. Um, But it's kind of just the principle of it. It's like, okay, you took the imposter off. You've got me verified on there. It looks like, I, I mean, I never created that account even. It looks like I did. It looks like I support Getter and I'm on board. Which, you know, if I had my account, would I ever post there? I don't know. Maybe, but probably not a lot because they kind of suck. But I don't know. Gutter. That's what <laughs> I just don't get it because there's no other reason not to give it back to me. We talked. I've talked to him. I talked to Jason Miller about this specifically man-to-man in DMs. He's like, yeah, we got you. We'll get you back. We'll get you back. And they just have not done that. And uh, so I have to just assume... It's uh, it's a plan type thing at this point. So, yeah, and Tim Pool of all people fucking wipe this guy out. I don't know. I'm on Gab. Get at me on Gab at the Ralph Retort, same as I am on Twitter. I need to start using Gab more just for, like, random thoughts and stuff like I do on Twitter. But I post on Gab every single day, uh, usually a couple times a day with the links and stuff. So, like, I don't use it at all, but uh, I should use it more. Shout out to... AF Nathan Drake, I see him saying he was enjoying the show earlier uh, on Gab. So, and we get it. There's a lot of people on Gab. A lot of our people are on there. So, Torba the Bass Legend. I think I'm going to try to contact him for um, some type of interview or something. He's going to be at AFPAC, obviously. So, maybe. Because we used to be cool and then we got off track. Uh, now we're cool again. So, we'll, we'll see. I'd like to have him on. I think he is one of the one of the legendary guys uh, around here. They've done everything. I got you know what? I started identifying with the motherfucker too because they've done everything possible to shut this motherfucker down. She's my French, uh, and he just refuses, just through sheer spite and stubbornness, to give in. And he's built something great over there. So I'm a pretty big fan. What else? Here's the article: Prince Andrew's twelve million pound, which is about sixteen million dollar. Uh, settlement. The Queen and Prince Charles put substantial pressure on Andrew to settle the case. Uh, let's hope the out-of-court deal, understood to be £12 million, will stop the scandal, causing even more damage. The firm, that's what they call the royal family, by the way, the firm wanted a settlement agreed to, so the case did not overshadow the Queen's platinum jubilee. But sources close to Andrew said he still wholly maintains his innocence and insists he believes he can still find a way back into public life. Well, 
I don't like the odds of that, but it is the UK, so who knows? When is it? Uh, when are they actually going to do like the Platinum Jubilee ceremony? Have they already done it? Yeah, I guess they have. Okay. I thought. No, it was on the 6th, I guess, but have they actually done the event? I don't know. I wasn't paying attention. Anyway. Uh, the Duke of York understood to sign the deal with his sex accuser late Monday afternoon. Despite the settlement in principle, Andrew has not admitted her allegations. Uh, making a substantial donation to her charity. It's understood that the total settlement of 10 million, 12 million pounds includes 2 million to the charity, leaving her with a paltry 10 million up out of that, by the way. Meanwhile, legal sources say the FBI still want to speak to Andrew as part of the criminal inquiry into the late pedophile Jeffrey Epstein and his lover, Ghislaine Maxwell. The Duke would be classed as a witness in the case is still being probed. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be talking to the FBI. Jesus, what happened to her? It's Virginia Roberts there. Damn. That's fucked. Wow. I mean, I, I guess I shouldn't harp on such a thing, perhaps, but. Whew. It's tough. What happened? She hit the wall at 100 miles an hour. Yeah. I think her gun's bigger than mine. What the fuck is going on here? Dude, what happened? Uh, Prince Andrew happened, I guess. Fucking hell. She looks like... She looks like Jason Miller from Getter after that Tim Pool interview. Like, what the fuck? She ate the wall. <laughs> the wall was made out of fucking cheese. God. What the fuck happened? Tough. That's tough. I know our bonus song, by the way, for tonight. <laughs> oh. I know our song. Let's see. Let me make sure. I'm looking that up. Why do they have so many? Yeah, yeah. There we go. I'm just getting that ready for after. If you can guess the song now, then I'll send you a free Fed shirt. How about that? If you can guess the song now. I'll look down. I already did these stories. Pentagon's latest strategy to promote... Oh, boy. Uh -oh. Okay. Amy Schumer looking thick. Wow. She does look kind of like Schumer's. Ugh. Fuck. She might not still. She still might not look as rough as Schumer. I don't know. She's right there with her, though. It's for sure. Pentagon's latest strategy, promote socialism to combat China. 
Pentagon is slated to host an event on Wednesday making the case for global justice and democratic socialism as a means to combat China's rise, sparking ire on Capitol Hill. The event titled Responding to China, the Case for Global Justice and Democratic Socialism is being hosted by the Institute for National Strategic Studies, a department of the National Defense University, the Pentagon's top policy shop. The event is open to the public and will be held on the Pentagon's Strategic Multilayer Assessment Platform, a Defense Department initiative that studies global challenges according to an invitation for the event posted online. Featured speaker Thomas Piketty, who wrote a book on uh, Capital, actually. French economists will argue that the right answer to addressing China's rise lies in, lies in ending Western arrogance and promoting a new emancipatory and egalitarian horizon on a global scale, a new form of democratic and participatory ecological and post-colonial socialism. According to the event invitation, if they stick to their usual lecturing posture and dated hyper capitalist model, Western countries may find it extremely difficult to meet the Chinese challenge. Piketty is the author of the book Time for Socialism. Basically, he rewrote a my understanding is kind of like a retreatment of uh, Marx's Das Kapital. uh, And he got famous off that years ago. I never read it, but I. I read Marx's Das Kapital, but I didn't read uh, I didn't read Piketty's book. But he was uh, feted and uh, celebrated in, in leftist media, etc., for writing that book. That's how he got so famous. Uh, player one, I don't see. Oh, he said his guess was outro song. I'm looking to see if anybody even got it. I don't even. I only see a couple people made guesses. I thought it was kind of easy, but. Yeah, um, I'm actually trying to set up a Jones versus Green debate, and I need to. I'm glad you mentioned that to me, Ultimate Truth, and I need to follow up on that because I already talked to Adam about it. He's in, um, and uh, E. Michael Jones has debated Berkney's, uh I think, with Adam as the moderator. I'm thinking he he would probably be in for it, um, but again, I don't speak for him. So, but I am glad that you kind of reminded me of that because I'm supposed to be checking in on that. So. I will do that tonight, 100%. Uh, The event, first reported by the conservative brief, raising eyebrows on Capitol Hill. Representative Jim Banks said, thanks to Joe Biden, our military is more political than ever, and the world is less stable than it's been in decades. The Pentagon has a lot on its plate. They need to focus on their mission, keeping all Americans safe from foreign threats. Let's see. Okay, we get it. But, uh, yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. U.S. accuses financial website website of spreading Russian propaganda. We talked about that on the Sunrise. Basically, they're trying to shut down uh, Zero Hedge through bullshit and innuendo. Unnamed sources in the intelligence community uh, leaked out that they were allegedly, according to them, uh, uh, using, I don't know, material that originated from Russian intelligence sources. They didn't say whether they used it knowingly. I don't know. It's a bunch of bullshit, honestly. Sarah Palin had a case today. Do we have the footage? Oh. Let's see. I didn't actually know much. Uh, I, I remember when she sued the New York Times, but I'd forgotten about it until today. 
Breaking news, the jury has rejected Sarah Palin's libel claim against the New York Times, saying there was insufficient evidence to prove that the Times defamed her in a 2017 editorial. Let's get right to NBC News correspondent Dasha Burns. Uh, Dasha, uh, fill us in. What can you tell us about the jury's decision here? Hey, Alison, there have been so many twists and turns in this case. Smash this and is pass. now actually the second time that Palin has lost in this case. Just earlier her face this is really week, round, the judge dismissed her case against the New York Times, even while the jury was deliberating. Uh, player one said he's buying a Fed shirt. Well, thank you, man. They're definitely here, uh, and we sent out a bunch of them today. Uh, as a matter of fact, and you can get those. You can just go to killstream.live, and you'll see it on the sidebar, or you can go to shop.killstream.live slash fed, F-E-D. That finding was really unusual, but when it comes Y'all down are saying, to it, it's like an overwhelming smash. I'm thinking smash, too, for sure, but is going to be appealed. We have known wow. that, that was going to happen. All the Overwhelming smash. It is extremely likely uh, that this will be appealed. So the decision that the judge made was looking ahead to when this case does most likely inevitably move forward in that appeals process. Now, if the jury had come back in favor of Ms. Palin, then it would be a totally different story. And in that appeals process, the appeals court could actually use that jury's verdict, uh, reinstate that instead of having to start a trial all over again. But in this case, both the judge dismissing her case mm -hmm. and the jury ruling against Ms. Palin means it is a much, much uh, oh, more. She just now started for NBC, by the way. Well, not started, but she got promoted to correspondent just now. Excuse me. Battle for her uh, in that appeals process. Alex. Dasha, the New York Times saying it hasn't lost a... Here she is in her uh, promo shot, by the way. Let's see if we can... There she is. Dasha Burns. Not familiar with her until now. Libel case in... What is this bitch on the left, man? What in the fuck? Why? Lesbo has to be. Lesbian! American courtroom in 50 yeah. years. Uh, let's just talk about the significance of today's verdict. Yeah, no, this is important, Allison. A lot of journalists were watching this case closely because it sort of goes to the heart uh, of our industry. Now, the laws, when it comes to defamation, when it comes to libel, tend to favor journalists. And there is a very high bar for public figures in particular to win these sorts of cases. I will play it's that. It's quite rare that they even go to court. Uh, in the first place. This is one of those uh, rare moments when it did reach a courtroom. It did reach that trial phase, but still it seems that Palin's legal team did not bring enough, uh, did not uh, be, meet that very high standard of proving what's called actual malice, which means that the New York Times acted with reckless disregard for the truth or knowingly printed something By false. The way, which so I just messaged Eliza Schaefer earlier. And I was checking on the show. He said, we're still good for that. I was like, people were trying to, people really got angry with me because I said I was, when I went on his show, I was going to wear, <laughs> Riketa was talking shit. So I said I was going to print out a shirt with Riketa in his dress uh, and wear that on air. And people, <laughs> people, his fanboys got insanely enraged at the mere thought of me wearing a shirt with him in a, in a, in a dress on air like they just got incensed i was kidding by the way if i did do it though i would wear that shirt on air and then underneath i'd be like oh i gotta 
Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to disrespect. Disrespect your show and then take it off and then have him in blackface. <laughs> I'd already thought it. I'd already thought it through that I was going to have him in blackface underneath the the shirt with him in a dress. But uh, uh, I was messaging Elijah, and I was like, you know, I'm just. I was just kidding, right? Like, oh. <laughs> I hope you didn't. I mean, take it the wrong way. I was just joking. I wasn't really going to do that. He's like, you're all good. I don't think he cares if I did do it, but uh, he's like, no, you're all good. It's all good. So. I'm still expecting to be uh, going on that show when I'm in Dallas. So, he did not you are here, I believe. Is the name of it. He's got two different shows, though. And the whole point of this law is that uh, journalists should be able to uh, to to write to turn out these stories and not be held liable for uh, mistakes that were not met with actual malice for for pure. Uh, Pure, pure mistakes, which is what the Times admitted in this case. They issued a correction, um, and the Times argued she does kind of look like an anime character. Supposed to go, um, they they owned up to it. They corrected so it, I should do it uh, now, a couple yeah. days later after publishing this this editorial that Miss Palin was suing for. So at the end of the day, this is upholding these standards that public figures have to bring a lot uh, of evidence to the courtroom to to prove. Uh, uh, to, to, to win a case in, in a defamation situation, Allison. All right, thank you, Dasha. Not you, Lester. Get out of here. here the case in, in oh, that's not the right one. I just linked my own replay. I pulled it up on screen. There was a video from Ryan Long, I believe. Where did that go? Ah, fuck it. I'll just go copy the link again. I just had it. We haven't played a Ryan Long video in a minute. I, I'm going to check back in with him uh, in a week or two. Uh, he was trying to set up his tour where he could uh, join in in Dallas, which would be amazing. But I haven't talked to him in a couple weeks, so I don't know uh, if he's going to be able to make it or not. But I'll check back in on that soon. Man, if he can make it on top of everything else, it's going to be an absolute fucking legend for sure. Legendary show for sure. I don't see him talking about his tour, so I don't know if he's got it down just yet. But uh, I'll check in with him soon. Speaking of checking in with him, let's check in with him now. His Valentine's Day video. Record saying that they shouldn't be. You know, over the past years, blowjob machines have been a cardinal component of our society. Holy and shit! Moved to become fun. He's actually got the blow. Okay. I saw somebody else sponsor. ...members of society, it does beg the question, do blowjob machines deserve the right to vote? No. No. That, that could be on the wrong side of history. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> do blowjob machines deserve the right to the question do blowjob machines uh, deserve the right to vote no no that could be on the wrong side of history though in thousands of years when they do have the vote and you're on record saying that they shouldn't be voting i think it's okay like it is but they're sort of doing their part in society you know what i mean and i'm actually not in that political you don't want to get involved in stuff like politics and whether blowjob machines should have the right to vote in politics not in american politics do you think that they should be able to vote in you know for example argentina i think americans should know what's the best for them then you think the argentina ones will be like well why are those blowjob machines allowing to vote and we're not allowed to, right? What's this for? We're doing some, like, political research. Have you ever used one? No. I saw a couple of things on, on, on a porn site. I was like, Yeah, you did. <laughs> I was like, 
No way. Do you want me to show you how it works? If it's going to be for free, I don't... What speed, what speed do you normally go at? kind of speed? Maybe five, six, seven, I guess. Strokes an hour? Or... I guess. You, you want to turn it up a little? How's that speed working that for you? That thing looks like a fucking torture device. Why would you stick your dick in that? Well... People have asked me the same question many times, so I guess I should. What do you think? I guess so. It's kind of weird, though. You, know, here, I, I, you do like girls, though? Of course I do. Mm. Don't you? Here, I, mean, I gotta go. Oh, you Oh, you don't want to hold anymore? No, I'm good. Who's holding for five more seconds? Why? Five, four, three, two. Okay, there you go. Well, I'm just curious to why you're holding a mic here at this random corner, Times Square. Uh, Blowjob machines? I'm sorry, what? I know, I'm sort of <laughs> looking at your replacement, but. That's really random. That scare you? No, not really. I mean, it doesn't really affect me in any way. It could affect you if you sort of, you know. I'm not really into that. <laughs> well, no, but if the guys are all into that, then that can well, be sort of a for them. I mean, that's problem for the income. I'm sorry. <laughs> we gotta go back. Then, but we gotta go back. Okay, there you go. Oh, we have to hear that. I'm just curious to why you're holding a mic here at this random corner, Times Square. Uh, blowjob machines? I'm sorry, what? I know, I'm sort of looking at your replacement, but. That's really <laughs> That scare you? No, not really. I mean, it doesn't really affect me in any way. It could affect you if you sort of, you know. I'm not really into that. So. Well, no, but if the guys are all into that, then that can well, be sort good of a. Problem for them. I mean, that's. Problem for the income. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Problem for the old income, huh? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? Excuse me? <laughs> oh, problem for the old income. Why are you holding a mic in Times Square? That's that's pretty common in Times Square, actually. I've seen motherfuckers. I've only been in New York three or four times. And I've seen motherfuckers holding mics in Times Square. They're all into that, then that can well, be sort of a for them. I mean, that's problem for the income. I'm sorry, what? Do you think that uh, <laughs> machines should be able to do stuff like run for Congress or something like that if they... I don't see one. I don't know. Oh, this coming from like a blowjob machine. You don't have a dick personally, right? Huh? No. Okay. What were you doing up to today? Oh, I was just at a bookstore <laughs> looking at like manga and stuff. Is that like that uh, Japanese porn star? Huh? Oh, no. Sorry. I was thinking of Mandango. The, that's a different, uh, different author. <laughs> Believe. Well, I don't, I don't recognize that name, so yeah. Me neither. <laughs> Why'd you say it? What? Why'd you say that random name? Uh, Mandingo is just a name that I'm not familiar with and I've never heard of before. All right. Well, this was weird day for me. Nice meeting you. Okay, what, what other books were you uh, reading? This one, I can't remember. It has to do with witches. A Dirty Harry. No, no. <laughs> it wasn't that. Um, 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 good Omen. She wants it. Somebody said, yeah, he probably smiled. Twins. Yeah, no. Was it the book Twins by Danny DeVito? No. That they based the movie on? No, no. It's um, um, Neil Gaiman's um, co-writer. Oh, uh, Neil Gaiman, the guy who wrote the game. Um, I don't, no, I don't think so. He writes more like fantasy stuff. He's um, written... Sexual fantasy material. No, no. More like John Constantine. But John's, like, yeah. you know, getting the prostitutes and stuff no, like that. No, no, no. Okay, well, this is done. Have a nice day. Okay. Blowjob machines provide only good for society, in many ways they're no different from your average woman. 
And with the constant phone scrolling, sometimes even use less electricity. Blowjob machine. Oh, wow. Why would I need that? I'm already a blowjob machine. And who's doing a better job? Obviously me. That's going to stop working in a few. Well, that's not necessarily true because you could die at some point and this one live forever. No, I have eternal life. I can't die. And so I have a seat. My next seat is my eternal life. That means... The fuck? I can't die. I'm eternal. I have eternal life. <laughs> based? That, that happened. The dick sucking was not based, but... then I reached the state where I knew what I wanted to be aware of, and that just started with the question of how to have eternal life, I guess. Sick. You know what? That was a pretty good one to solve. <laughs> And then that led me to the new. The nude? The new. And I do give blowjobs now. That's why I say I have a new life. Because I was I once wasn't giving blowjobs. The living eternally came first. What? And you decided to maybe get in the blowjob game after that? Exactly. You gave me the courage to do that. You have it. You are understanding very well. You think that I might have that courage? Exactly. That's what I think. Is it possible for me to do the eternal life without... Doing the whole giving blowjobs thing? I mean, yeah. I mean, you have it at this point, so you could do whatever you would like with it. Maybe suck some boobs or something? But. Yeah, whatever you like. You are now a true lifer. Is there anyone else who has it, or is it just me and you? I'm aware of me. You're aware of you. And together we see both. Maybe you do the beaches and all this, the, some titty sucking kind of thing? Yeah, I see that too. Do you think this should get the right to vote, do you believe? <laughs> yeah, I have that as a thought. And I would like to use this now. That's a now my new thought that I just had. I want to. I want to use it. Let me tell you something. I love woman. And if a woman shook my dick like that, that would be very nice. Yo. <laughs> do you, you want to hold it? Do you want to take a holder? No. I saw, you, I saw you sort of poking over here. If you want to take a peek, take a picture. It lasts longer. Does that interest you? Not really. <laughs> What in the fuck? This bad boy. Yeah. Oh my god. I wonder how many people have bought one just to like fucking laugh. You know what I mean? Like just to have sitting around. So people can be like, what is this? Holy fuck. Damn. Well, he's got eternal life. What the hell? I didn't expect that here on the kill stream. Uh-oh. I always said the kill stream was eternal, but I didn't mean, you know. It's kind of a figure of speech. <laughs> I will die one day. Sucks, but. Uh, oh, boy. I got a show in the morning. We've pretty much done our show tonight. We're, we're over three hours again. Tomorrow night, Beardson will be on. On Thursday, Wurzel Root making his debut appearance. Ryan Dawson making an appearance number. I don't even know what. Uh, Thursday, Jay Dyer Groyper versus Adam Green. Tomorrow is also our 1,000th episode, by the way, of the Kill Stream. I will give myself that applause there. And all of you for watching the show. Uh, like I said, I didn't. I hyped it a little bit before all the craziness happened, and then when I got back, I've been I've been planning a lot of shows, getting a lot of people on, planning some stuff for AFPAC, planning some stuff for the Kill Stream Kingpin Invitational uh, in Dallas, April second. Uh, but I just didn't. It's kind of a thing to plan a big show, right? Uh, and so 
We just kind of got lost in the shuffle, but tomorrow will be the 1,000th episode of the Killstream. Uh, and Bergson was on the Killstream back when it was um, once a week uh, on Saturdays, and it was actually hosted by me. It was founded by me, my ex-wife, and uh, Janet Bloomfield, who used to be an anti-feminist uh, figure there in Canada and was kind of infamous on the Internet as well. Uh, and that used to be the Killstream. Uh, that was the first iteration of it. When I got out of jail, uh, my ex-wife didn't really want to do it anymore, although she was on the sh- a few shows here and there. And Janet had kind of uh, kind of retired uh, from that sort of thing. Uh, so it was kind of retooled a little bit, um, although I've been, you know, myself the whole time, but uh, retooled and also changed into a daily format eventually, uh, which I think made me better as a host, right? I've just done a lot more shows. Um, But uh, on that episode, I talked about this earlier, the first episode that I got out of jail uh, and this thing kind of really started taking off, I had Beardson back on that episode. Uh, And so he's going to also be on that episode, which was a milestone episode and this one tomorrow night, Killstream 1000. Uh, I'm pretty hyped for it. So I guess that's that's probably what we'll call it, Killstream 1000, uh, featuring Beardson. I don't know if I don't know if it'll be any more special than that, right? I'm not sure uh, who all we'll have on co-hosting or what have you. Uh, but uh, it's going to be episode 1000. I thank you guys uh, for getting me there, for supporting me enough where I could even make a thousand shows. Um, but tomorrow we're going to have a lot of fun. Uh, maybe I'll try to figure out something, some kind of uh, look back or segment. I mean, this is kind of me talking right now about the thousand episodes, but maybe I'll maybe I'll put together something, uh, some monologue or something. Maybe I'll write an article, too. I might, I might write a, a, a piece and put it out uh, and read it on the show or something. I don't know. I'll think of something. But I just want to thank you guys uh, ahead of time. Uh, for episode 1000. Thank you. Hope to see you in the morning on Tequila Sunrise. I'm going to get fitted for my suit tomorrow afternoon at 3 or 3 to 5. So um, probably show about 3.30 or so. But uh, what I'm going to try to do because of that is start Tequila Sunrise a little bit earlier. I know I say that every day. Um, But tomorrow I have to start it early or else we're not going to have one. So uh, it should be on the air by 10 a.m., and I'm pretty tired, so I might just go to bed pretty soon here. So 10 a.m. or earlier, look for us on Tequila Sunrise. Probably a little bit earlier. I'm hoping to get on 9 or 9.30. We'll see how early I get to bed. Uh, going to get my suit tomorrow for AFPAC. I will be there in Orlando Tuesday through Sunday. The event itself is on February the 25th, that Friday. I'll be there holding it down with everybody else in Orlando, Florida. Maybe go to CPAC, maybe do some shenanigans like that. Going to see a lot of Groper friends there. Uh, Going to see a lot of people there, and I'm very excited. It's coming up, baby. We're not too far away. What is it, nine, ten days? I think there's still a few tickets available for the regular event. Um, minus the reception. Yeah, there still are uh, some last-minute tickets available. Uh, and it's just under nine days until the event itself. There's a countdown. There's a countdown clock. So get your tickets if you want to go to that. Tasty the Clown said he's glad he tuned in just to see that uh, certain person there talking about uh, eternal life. Nice on System says, what color suit, Ralph? Black. I want a black suit. 
I have a blue blazer, but uh, yeah, I want the black suit, I believe, yeah. I think I'm rocking the black suit, not black tar heroin. <sighs> that would be bad if I was rocking that. <laughs> it would also be bad if I didn't sign off the show, so I'm going to have to do that. Good night. Good night! It's confirmed. You are here. Eliza Schaefer. The Ralph in studio. It, it just got confirmed, ladies and gentlemen. April Fool's Day! Live in Dallas, Texas! <laughs> <laughs>